has used the amazing new Super Nintendo Entertainment System. You won't believe the power. You won't believe the control. You won't believe the jumps, the curves, or the feeling you get until you experience it for yourself. <sighs> Whoa! That's fine! F-Zero for the ultimate G-Force only in the next generation from Nintendo. Now you're playing with Superpower. Hello and welcome to Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host Mark Hamer and this is your Laps News update for the week commencing the 1st of August. Tonight we'll chat a little bit about the games we've been playing recently and we'll touch on a few news stories of note and we've also got some questions from our listeners. Uh, joining me today are LGR stalwarts Stuart Cullen and Stuart Neal and joining us from across the pond tonight it's our special guest Dr Lauren Grieve. Good evening. Good evening. Alright. So Lauren, would you like to introduce yourself, uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, your gaming habits, um, whether you're a lapsed gamer or a more active gamer? Sure. So uh, I am Lauren Grieve, technically doctor, technically the Reverend Lord Doctor, but that is beside <laughs> the point. The Reverend Lord Doctor. Yeah. Well, I, so I decided while I was in graduate school for my, uh, my doctor of pharmaceuticals, I am... Um, I wanted to see how many other titles I could get, just for fun. Right. Uh, and it turns out that you can become an ordained minister for 20 bucks. And, um, it, like, legally, I've performed weddings. <laughs> uh, and there's a place, there's, like, a weird loophole. I don't, I mean, uh, you guys will probably laugh at the, the concept, but there's a place that sells land in Scotland that, and they're like, here's your, like, lord certificate of this one-foot-by-one-foot one plot of land. And I'm like... Fair enough. <laughs> Aye, but we buy bits in the moon. You know what I mean? I own a bit of the moon. Do you own a bit of the moon? I've got stuff to tell me I own the moon. While you're buying this shithole, I'm buying the moon. Yeah, but the moon doesn't come with a title. Uh, like, you can't buy a chunk of the moon and then be called, like, captain or astronaut. But if I buy a boat of a big enough size, I My could My middle name captain. is now Tiberius. <laughs> Funny story, used to date someone who changed their middle name to Tiberius because of uh, Star Trek. So, anyway. So anyway, um, <laughs> I... Uh, oh goodness, I've totally lost... So yeah, so but Lauren's fine. Uh, which So I actually am also... I work at a university. I work at the University of Pittsburgh here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, in the United States. Uh, well, not. currently... <laughs> Currently, the United States. I'm sure that after November, it will just be called Trump or something like that. Uh, God help us. And then I'll be moving to Canada. But um, I currently work. You should have. Uh, you should have. Like, if Bernie had got elected, then would, would it have been the People's Republic of the United States of America? Technically, it already is because we're not a democracy. We're already a People's True. Republic. But yeah, just. It does. It barely works. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I, I am an instructor and a game designer and uh, I guess instructional designer at the University of Pittsburgh for the School of Pharmacy and the School of Information Sciences. I teach the course on game design. I also teach the course on drug development. So <laughs> that's what I do. So you're already massively overqualified to be on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe? I, don't, <laughs> I also, uh, since I guess now is as good a time as any, I'm also the host of the Year of Steam podcast, which is where I met Stuart Neal here, who is the one who invited me to be on this episode. So, uh, We're changing the door locks after this. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the Wendy's. <laughs> Well, it, it's no, fine. We have, we have we have Mark, we have Stuart, and we have Torbjorn. It makes sense. 
I, I, I can keep you guys. I can keep you guys apart. It's good. <laughs> oh wait, I mark wasn't supposed stat. to mention Overwatch. Yeah, Damn. mark mark my stat one. I mean, you're gonna need to tell Mark that comedy. comedy. I didn't miss it, but like, no. Oh, Torpion's been nerfed now, so Torpion's forgotten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all about Farrah now. Oh yeah, that's true. No, uh, it's no, it's Diva. It's Superstar Diva on our presetting spawn and all that no. shit. And fucking Diva, <laughs> Diva, 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 Diva. Playing Diva is just easy mode. <laughs> or my, 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 oh. McCree, McCree was, I can now hurt anybody because that's what Farrah, that's a Farrah killer. It's like, I'm Farrah, okay, McCree, bang, bang, deed. Okay, okay. That's yeah, only if you're really accurate with Aye, him. And come like, on, let's everybody's not get putting derailed. Farrah doing. Let's not, let's not start down the Overwatch like before we even started on what games we've been playing. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, technically, I haven't even answered the other questions that you that you yeah. posed. Uh, it's your I, fault. It's all your fault. I, yeah, it's your fault for being Torbjorn. Jeez. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I can would, we can, can we nerf Stuart Cullen? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be sending an email away to uh, Boys of the Night. Could you possibly make this? Blizzard, please nerf. <laughs> nerf him high. Um, but I would consider myself an active gamer, considering it's what I do most nights, since I don't have any friends or family. Um, so, and uh, yeah. I, I, I'm actually I'm a really big analog gamer. I have a huge tabletop game collection, and but I do play a hell of a lot of video games as well. Um, my primary platform at the moment, I think, is the PS4, just because I think it's the best. It's it, it's weird because it's like I think it's the best console, but I still play certain games and I enjoy them more on the on the Xbox. And then mm -hmm. the Wii U still has a special spot in my heart because. It has uh, such good games. Like, Splatoon yep. is the best shooter that came out last year, and I don't care what anybody says unless they agree with me, then they are no, right. No, no, it is. It absolutely <laughs> is. Yeah. Um, and, like, Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2. Uh, yeah, so... But the PS4 is primary... The PS4 is where my Destiny save is, and I'm going to consider, yeah. since I have 800 hours in that game, that that's my primary console. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and my favorite type of game, I, I am a big fan of the first-person shooter. I grew up on the original Doom, uh, and I, I like a lot of, like, a big range of games. I'm a big fan of rhythm games. I, I used to, I used to be, uh, shall we say, unhealthily involved in D Dance Dance Revolution. Um, oh, God. The old amplitude, frequency, good stuff. Harmonics was, like, my main company for a long time. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I appreciate some more uh, interesting games as well, like Portal 2 is probably my favorite game ever, um, mm. and th that's partially because I got really heavily involved in the alternate reality game around its release, which I've talked about at length in other places, but uh, I also recently have developed quite a love for Dark Souls. I, I could never get on with it, but then Dark Souls 3 finally did it for me. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I, kind of a wide range. Uh, of games. The only things I don't... I don't play a lot of strategy games anymore because I just feel like I don't have the time for it because I, I like... I play games in like short bursts anymore and uh, I refuse to play sports games because <laughs> that's just ridiculous. See, I used to be... Um, I used to be a big... Well, I used to play a lot of football manager. It's not really a sports game, football manager, but I used to play a lot of FIFA and a lot of Pro Evo or um, Winning Eleven. I don't know what it's what it's called in America. Soccer. Um, <laughs> no, but it's like uh, Pro Evo is called Pro Evo over here, and it's called Winning Eleven in, in some other places. But I used to play a lot of that, and I used to play the NHL games as well. But I can't be bothered with them anymore. Now I play sort of like 
alternative sports games like um, like uh, Rocket League and games like that, and I really want to get uh, video ball. Mm. So Rocket but, League yeah. is amazing. I will say yes. that. <laughs> Um, it is. Uh, oh, and if you want a, a must-play classic game that I've not played, uh, it would be Ocarina of Time, because I don't oh, yeah. really like the Legend of Zelda series. I played the oh. original gold cartridge on the NES and found it super boring. I've tried a couple of the other ones since, also found them super boring, and just the game doesn't speak to me at all, so... Were those? Have you tried any of the 3D ones, apart uh, from Ocarina? Yeah, what was the one after that? Majora's Mask? Majora's Mask, yeah, and then uh, Wind Waker. Have not tried Wind Waker. I hear the oh. uh, remaster on the Wii U is something so special. It is. It's so good. And, and honestly, up until recently, this list would have also included the first Halo, the second <gasps> Halo, and Get the first... Get out of here! Please, <laughs> and the, be gone. And the first be Mass gone. Effect. Let um, me at him. Let me at him. <laughs> no, I have played all of those in the last six months or so. I went back and actually played them for the first time. Granted... Uh, the first Halo, if you don't have any kind of nostalgia to back up your appreciation for it, is kind of dog shit. But oh, it is. go away. First Halo's <laughs> no, amazing. Combat no, it, Evolved is the pinnacle of game design and will always be seen as that. It's perfection. So what's funny about that is uh, they actually had to go back into the remaster for the Master Chief Collection and put glowing arrows in the floor because of how yeah, poor the actual signposting in that game was. Folk stupid. Folk running about the Water Temple in Zelda and go, oh, it's that. Well, the library's just as hard. It's just a case of trial and error, killing flood and having the right <laughs> weapons and stuff, you know what I mean? For God's sake, man, you know what I mean? Suck it up. You're a Spartan, for God's sake. <laughs> ODSTs are going to drop through the roof. I'll be that. Now, to be fair, ODST is fantastic. ODST Halo 3 the ODST. Halo game. ODST Halo... is the Halo game for non-Halo fans, and I don't care what anybody says. Either, every, all, all the hardcore that I know, we all agree that ODST is a good game, but it's a Halo game for non-Halo fans. Yeah, it's a Halo. It's a Halo game for people who like good game design or characters that make sense or Upside a story rubbish. delivered in an interesting way. No uh, pass up towards me. I get fed up running about in the dark. <laughs> no, I think, Colin, I think you're outnumbered on this one because I have to agree. You've got a Wii U. Halo's, you don't have a count. Halo's not great, Just to be honest. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and Halo 2 was a lot better of an experience until it just didn't end. Like, there's kind yeah, of an it's... end. Like, it stops, but it's not what, you know, you could... Oh, it's a continuum. <laughs> it's you're on the arc, and you're like, here we go, and then it goes, dump, end, and you're like, oh my god, I need to wait four years now to get the next one. That's what it's all about. Yeah, well, or I or I just started Halo Three because I was playing on the Master Chief Collection. But yeah, well, you um, know what I mean. Back in the day, yeah, yeah. Bloods, <laughs> wait, it's like right now we're waiting for Six to know what happened to Katana because she's gone mental. We're up and saying, "Oh my god, oh my god!" <laughs> Walking Chief have teamed up. Can he fucking wait? Oh, pissing their motherfucking pants. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I say that as I've got a four fat cubic fucking Master Chief staring at me. The new going with praise, going damn told son. <laughs> That's not a lie. That's not a lie. What uh, see? But yeah, so like I said, oh, you the, the, not. <laughs> those would be some must-have classic games that I either only played recently or still haven't played. So moving on to listeners' questions, we've had uh, a, a few in. Uh, well, we asked a question, actually, or someone from the podcast asked a question. <laughs> Um, and we've had a few replies to it. So, uh, we asked, with the internet turning 10,000 days old last week, what is the oldest game that you still have a physical copy of? I can start off. In the house, I, the oldest one I would have is probably an original copy of Tetris on the Game Boy. So that dates oh, from wow. what, 1990. 
Um, I know up in my mum and dad's house there is a box um, of old Spectrum games, um, which date from at least then 1980. Mm. Um, but certainly in the house it'll be Tetris. Alright, that already beats me. Um, Stuart Cullen? Um, as I was saying to the boys in the green room before the show, um, I bought a, a copy of uh, E.T. on the Atari 600 uh, at a charity auction once, so that's the oldest thing I've got, and no, I don't have an Atari 600, and no, it ain't going to get played, it's just a thing. That <laughs> was that the stuff. one that was buried? Yes, yes. Oh, okay, right, fair enough. So. And, and amusingly enough, I also have a 1982 copy of E.T. the Extraterrestrial on the Atari 2600 that I bought for a dollar at a flea market. Uh, because it was E.T. the Extraterrestrial. But I can also mention that in my tabletop game collection, you know, since we're talking about video games, but uh, the, the question doesn't specify, I have a copy of Rise and Decline of the Third Reich from 1974, uh, and that game... <laughs> That that game will never be played because it's eight session it's eight missions each taking seven to fourteen hours to play. So it's basically just World War II over again uh, <laughs> in board game format. But yeah, so that that's I think that's the oldest one in my collection. Wow. Okay. Um, well, you've all got me well and truly beat. Uh, the, the the oldest games I've still got copies of. I've got a still got a boxed copy of Mech Warrior Two from uh, 95 I've still got um, original copies of Magic Carpet the old bullfrog first person magic carpet flight sim shooter game uh, which I've then evolved still... into a dragon in Panzer Dragon <laughs> same kind of yeah, gameplay exactly, yeah. uh, and then I've still got uh, somewhere uh, a collection of floppy disks of games like Legends of Valor and um the old uh, LucasArts, Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Atlantis, and uh, a bunch of those old like uh, point-and-click um, LucasArts sort of adventure games still on, on uh, the original discs. And I think I've got somewhere uh, Commander Keen and Commander Keen 2 Keen Dreams, uh, but I don't have anything beyond uh, anything other than that, so I think the oldest I've got is about 93, 94. So yeah, you all got to be well and truly beat. I've still got all my Master System stuff back when I was a laddie. Back when you were a laddie, uh, back when I was a laddie, I've still got all my Master System and all that. Because as I I don't know if we spoke about it in the show, but you know how I'm going through a kind of bit where I've dug up my Saturn and I'm kind of going through that nostalgia thing. It's like you're actually realising that certain things you hit are worth money, like actual money. Because Burning Rangers is worth like oh, two hundred pounds in certain places of the world a year. So, but it's like one of my favourite games of all time. Japanese Fireman Simulator, yes, which is. <laughs> And dolphins, actual dolphins. <laughs> Amazing game. And Sonic Team I'd, were good. Yeah, I don't think any of the ones I've got are actually worth anything. Um, we, we had a, we had a few answers in from um, from listeners and our team members as well. Uh, yeah, Andy Pitty said he still got a copy of Checkered Flag for 1983 on the Specy, uh, to which Kevin Moore says he, he loves that game. Um, Love the eye and he says, emoji. Yeah, heart eye emoji. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And he said, they so did he, but he hated the hazards on the track, and it was bloody hard as well. Um, Kevin said, "It's I, I, this is this sounds weird just reading out a conversation. <laughs> this is what it's all about, but that's what's in the show notes, and that's what we need. Honestly, I want you to read the I'm eight just hours skip ago. to the next reply. Well, um, but we could do a dramatic reading, like yeah, we could. I, like, I could take one, a, I could take one, and then you could take the other, and we can go back Kev. and forth like a I've conversation. Bought a port, so I can be Kev. <laughs> it's a little late in the day to start workshopping the Laps Gamer Radio <laughs> audio drama. 
<laughs> last to dig out my old copy. <laughs> I, st I have got somewhere, because I had to edit together some radio plays when I was on the radio at uni, uh, copies of, bootlegged copies of the... Um, I thought you said that, um, the, no, you know, like the BBC have got like a library of sound effects that they use for stuff like the arches. Mm. Doors open, yeah, windows closing, kettles yeah, boiling. Yeah, exactly. I've got all of that on uh, on a hard drive. Oh, um, man. So we could potentially do it. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> Not tonight. Uh, Kevin Moore at Kevney says, uh, here's mine uh, interface from 1989 on the Atari ST. Can't remember a thing about it at all now. Looks a bit mad, to be honest. These games are all inquisical. Wait, would you? I mean, that one that, that Andy mentioned that's older than I am. <laughs> I was, check out Flag. What's that? Check out Flag 83. Uh, it beats me with three, yeah. Check out Flag 83, yeah. It's older than me. I don't, I don't remember these games. I know I've never had a specky. Uh, you must know Check out Flag, so. but Check out Flag was the one that came with the sticker you stuck on the, no. the monitor. It was no. like, the ulti you know, there was a like, I'm sure it was the one where you go to the game and you get a sticker of the car to stick on your monitor. So you knew who the steering wheel was. I think that was the I one because I never had a specky. Never did that, but I know my I know my history. I know my history, boy. Wow. <laughs> Them boys my went out there and died for so us far. to remember, and we all remember. <laughs> and Lee Howard, Aaron Lee Howard at Count Fosco, he says maybe Civilization Two or the Point and Click Dune game. I I don't think I got onto Civ until Civ Three, so I missed out on that one. And I love Dune, so I don't know why I haven't ever gone back to play any of the, uh, the point-and-click Dune games. Have any, have any of you played it at all? Yeah, yeah no, I've played it on the full on the FMV now, isn't There's FMV is in it? that Dune game, isn't there? Like, it's yeah, there scenes is, yeah. of like, stinging stuff in it. Yep. <laughs> oh, I'm a sucker for good FMV. I might have to check that one out. Yeah, it's worth hunting down to it. I'm sure there's a download on somewhere. I'd be surprised if um, good old games... Oh, good old games must have it yeah, or something. I was going to yeah. say, it, it'll, it'll be on GOG for sure, yep. yeah. Uh, we've had a few other questions in from listeners. Uh, Lee, again, uh, at Camp Fosco. Uh, I know you're a mix of Steam and console gamers on the record on the record tonight. Uh, so what improvements would you make to each platform in terms of the experience of the gamer from purchases to gameplay to controls to patches to achievements, etc.? Wow, that's quite a <laughs> all-encompassing question. Um, well, I'm... I'll start this one off. I'm primarily a console gamer. I play mainly on PS4 uh, and I play quite a lot on the Wii U as well. But I have started, thanks to you, Mr. Neil, uh, dabbling in um, Steam games again after a, a long hiatus from playing on, on PC. I think the, th well, the, the thing that Steam's got over, the, over um, console gaming is just the sheer variety of games. Like, uh, the, the, the consoles have started to incorporate a lot more indie games than they ever used to. Um, Xbox did a great job of pioneering that with, with Xbox Live Arcade back on the 360. Before then, like, apart from, like, Net Eurosy games on the PS2, you didn't really get that many indie games on the home consoles. Um, and they've started, it's it's coming in in a big way on the, on those consoles. And even Nintendo have really been getting in on the game as well. Um, a lot of indie games on the Wii U uh, and on the 3DS. But just the sheer variety of games that are on, on Steam uh, and the, the, the amount of sales that they have. Uh, I'm not sure actually whether that's a good thing or a bad thing because I've got so many games in my Steam library that I bought when they're on <laughs> sale and then I've never even downloaded. They just sat there waiting to be played. But Yeah, that um, happens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Steam is incredible value for money, and it has a massive, wide range of um, of games. But Steam also has a lot of problems. There's a lot of trash on Steam. 
um, mainly coming through steam green light. Uh, there's there's an awful lot of garbage that you've got to sift through sometimes to find the sort of hidden gems. Um, Somebody should do a podcast about that. <laughs> what about about the trash on Steam? Uh, uh, no, about all the games. Uh, so having so many oh, of them yeah. on Steam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, you could you could play the, nothing but Steam games for a year. I don't know what you'd call the podcast, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not uh, mm. coming up blank on that one. Yeah, a couple of presenters, yeah. two games every fortnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Great, I don't know. That sounds like getting bored for Steam, maybe. Maybe, maybe yeah. Ste- Steam Roulette. Maybe that'd be a good name. Steam for Roulette. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Russian it's like Russian roulette but sometimes more painful well so like chat roulette <laughs> yeah, it, it's, like chat, it's like chat roulette but less for children <laughs> yeah there is a lot of filth on steam um <laughs> Yeah, there there are also a lot of things that, that I don't think the consoles do a lot better than than Steam as well. Like, be uh, it's I've always found it much easier to be able to get into games with friends on uh, PS4 and or on PlayStation consoles and Xbox um, than it is on Steam. Um, and just the nature of the sort of people who I talk to about games, uh, I know far more people who play on console than do on PC. So I'm always a little bit of a disadvantage there. But um, yeah, have you got you guys got any thoughts on this question? Well, I mean, the question is specifically about what would you what what would you like to improve about uh, each platform? So, like, I I can get think rid of, of green light. Well, <laughs> or at least add some kind of. Uh, like a stopgap curation yeah well mm. so there are curators like there's people who go on and they'll be like oh these games are good these games are bad uh but steam or valve doesn't do anything about that it needs oversight is what it needs even more than curation it's it's mm. like valve needs to go in and be like okay yeah this game is clearly not a game or this game is clearly just not like for us because steam as like a a, a platform has recently started looking a lot worse as a platform just because of the dreck that they just shovel onto that site and it's it's kind of a shame because a lot of the really good games get piled under especially like a lot of the really good indie games or or not even indie games like little tiny production teams uh just yeah you you can't find anything good any on there and unless it comes to the front page and then you're like oh i wonder what this is like or somebody tells you about it yeah Um, and the, the thing about consoles versus is PC is mainly like consoles have such a low have such a low barrier to entry. Like you just you buy the console, you can buy the games. You know the games are going to work for the console for the most part, and um, you, you you don't always have that guarantee with uh, PCs because you know as PCs get better. Like my PC is I think five or six years old now, and so I can't run some of the high end games off of Steam. But I can run those same games on my console, and I'll be able to run the games that are, like, the last game made for the PS4, the PS4 will still run. And you can't necessarily say the same about, like, PCs, because it's it's all unique, specialized hardware that, like, people tend to build themselves, or sometimes they'll go out and buy the, a rig from, like, Alienware, but it's not, like, not all PCs are the same. So right. it's a lot harder to, to build and spec for that. That being said, I really wish the consoles had a better way of providing updates and patches, because uh, that's one of the things. So I, I mentioned in the quote-unquote green room earlier a game called Payday 2 that I'm a big fan of. That the PC version of that game has had 
about 10 times the updates that the consoles had. It, it, maybe even more, maybe even like 100 times. Because it's just. Well, there was, a, there was a new story about that uh, last week about how the. Um, the console players of, of uh, Payday 2 have been waiting more than a year for things to be fixed. Like They haven't had a, a patch or an update to that game in, in more than a year, whereas the PC one's being patched quite regularly. Right. And that's the thing is, uh, for the PC, when they come up with a patch for it, they can just push it out. But for the consoles, they have to go through a lot of hoops to make sure that it goes out. They have to make sure that it tests appropriately. It does take a bit of different coding because of the machine, but also there's a fee or at least there used to be, I don't know if there still is, but a fee to put out a patch or an update, mm. uh, even like one that's free for the, the end user. So a lot of companies will just let games on console languish, while on mm. Steam, it, it's a lot easier. Uh, yeah. And so that, that would be a big improvement, I think, just in general for the consoles. I don't know if that's a problem anymore. I don't think there is a fee to patch games anymore on the PS4 and the Xbox One because, like, if you look at something like um, The Witcher 3, uh, which had lots of little niggling technical issues when it first came out, and that game was patched really aggressively by CD Projekt Red on a regular basis for more than a year. Um, they just kept on pumping out patches for it, and I don't think. I don't think they're getting. I don't think they get charged for it anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure about. Is it the same on Xbox as well, Stuart? Um, what do you mean, as in The Witcher? Um, no, I've, no. I've I mean, as in. No, no. I mean, like, not in The Witcher. I mean, in terms of. Uh, I don't think Xbox charge. Uh, uh, no, for what I understand, no. If it's broke, it gets fixed. Um, yeah. They they used to. They didn't. Uh, Full fish. It. It's legendary. Full yeah. fish. Spat the dummy. Yeah, it fares, didn't it? Because. That's the classic example, yeah. He didn't want to pay for it. He got his first, first patch for free. First patch is free, mate, but you're going to pay me for the next one. Um, and and then when he got his second one, he was like, ah, screw this, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to build myself a swimming pool, motherfuckers. I got, my, I got your money now and just left it as a broken heap. Same for um, uh, fucking Ami. Uh, Silent <laughs> Hill uh, HD collection. Uh, oh they, they, they left Silent Hill 2 to rot. Silent Hill 2 is eternally broke on the Xbox. Uh, on the 360 because they didn't patch it because they yeah. were like we're going to open some gyms run machines treadmills lacrosse machines that's your business fuck Silent Hill I'd see, I don't think they I don't know whether they got rid of the fees when they brought in the new consoles but as it is at the moment I'm almost certain you don't get charged for patching but it doesn't mean that developers will necessarily patch on console to the same level they do on PC like like with Payday 2 because they, they, they just ignored the console version they just pretend it doesn't exist pretty much and it, yeah. even if they don't I mean and you're probably right because I remember always hearing about on the uh, PS3 and the Xbox 360 it cost money but it did yeah it's still even then you still have to go through a third party like on Steam yeah. you just put it out yourself it's there you're done boom but you have to get it okay. Well, everything gets verified, but on that goes on the marketplace. Like I'm talking to a particular game involving cars. It's quite a realistic simulator, and they were just saying they've put the game in for. They, well, it's gone gold now, but the game was put in for approval two two weeks ago. They were saying on the Xbox, and it just cleared approval on the PlayStation. So even like your AAA titles, um, go through the same limitations as what indie guys go through. It seems. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't think PC developers have to go through the same certification process to put a game out on PC. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had things like the PC version of Arkham Knight and, and games like that. <laughs> the amazing Arkham Knight. Uh, and if I could have one thing on the Wii U that would make it better, it would be a game that was a a, a local multiplayer dungeon crawler where the dungeon master had the tablet and laid out the dungeon for everybody else to play in. That's the only game I've ever wanted on that machine, and it makes me so sad that it doesn't exist. There were so many things about the, the, the that could have been done with the the hardware capabilities of the Wii U that Nintendo didn't do and third parties weren't interested in doing. But um, that that's probably we could do a whole episode on its own to the 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 uh, what could have been done with the Wii U that wasn't done. Rise and fall of the Wii U would be an interesting episode actually. Hmm. <laughs> you could even lump in the the Vita to a certain extent because after it got the cross, uh, the like the cross play capability or like a, what do they what did they call it, where you could kind of dial into your game on the PS4, oh, remote the, play. the, no, the remote play, play, and the second screen stuff that they had for like one game that they they like. F1 touted. used it. F1 used it. Is that okay. rear view mirror? Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, but still, like that has a lot of potential, and it was like, yeah, we're gonna do this. Nah, never mind. We're just gonna throw the Vita away. Mm. It's like six axis. Six axis is even less high end. I mean, did six axis ever loom flower? Did six axis ever work? Ever? <laughs> it does. It works. It just didn't get used at all. Uh, I mean, even Nintendo used the gyroscope on the Wii U remote. Uh, but yeah, the six axis just didn't get used. I think the, the only developers who actually try and actually use all of the, the capabilities of the controllers, the same as they try to use everything that the, the Vita could do, is um, uh, Media Molecule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, with uh, with Tearaway and, and um, the, 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 the I can't remember what it was called the version that was on the PlayStation Four Tearaway Unfolded. Something. Tearaway Unfolded, yeah, that was the one, yeah. Like, they actually used everything that the um, the DualShock 4 could do, and the, the original version used pretty much everything that the Vita had um, as well. But, yeah, on the whole, most developers kind of ignored that stuff. Um, so, past and hopefully future guest Andy Palmer at Remelaptar, uh, my good friend Andy, uh, he messaged in to say, Have you ever played a game just for the trophies or achievements? If so, what was it and how empty did it leave you? Uh, I've got one example of this. I don't really play games for the trophies, although I there are a few games where I'm actively trying to get all the trophies. I think uh, you should them. state how many but, trophies um, you've got here to kind of bring this into context. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, can I? I can't do that without turning my PlayStation on. Oh, fuck. Um, you must have an idea in the back of your head. Uh, I don't know how to look at the total number of trophies. Right. You've got stuff. I've got I've stuff. Got- yeah, I got lots of trophies, but anyway, yeah, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really try and get particular games for to get trophies for them. Um, uh, there's a few games that I've got that I'm trying to get all the trophies for, but once I did, um, I bought me and a friend went into um, our local game and we both picked up copies of The Darkness Two on uh, Xbox 360 uh, and when we learned it's a good that game. You... it's it's an alright game but we were also told no, that good as the, the guy the guy who sold it to us said that if you uh, trade it in within a week then you'll get 30 quid back on it and it was only 36 quid to start with uh, so we both bought it and 100 percented it in one weekend and then went and traded our copies in uh, and to be honest, I can't really remember anything about that game. <laughs> so 
that's probably not a good and maybe if I'd spent more time with it um, then I would have actually remembered more I just ploughed through the whole thing in one weekend got all the trophies of the single player and the co-op mode and then just traded it in so the only time I've ever done that I didn't really enjoy it there are people I never understood trophy hunters people who buy games like specifically because they can get all the trophies in them or the, all the achievements in them really easily like I don't like playing games that way to be honest mm. I've got a few a few achievements oh. do you want to know <clears throat> go on then show off 234,000 achievement score oh yeah I'm 69th in Scotland um, and I've got a full time job um, yeah but it's only 70 people in Scotland anyway well that's true I suppose <laughs> one of them's an American that owns a 4x4 piece of land um, <laughs> it's true but, uh, also Stuart what's your professional job what's my professional job um, yes. I'm a page builder and graphic designer see things change see things change because I, I, that this no 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 come on that's not what your profession that's just what you do as part of your job that, no that's my, on, job that's my job title anyway and remember I've only been doing it for six months for god's sake for god's sake you know what I mean? anyway um, I should have thought of that before I said that um, no, um, achievements are a funny thing I wear as a badge of honour I don't have King Kong I don't have an avatar I don't have the achievement in ch- lollipop chainsaw for looking up her skirt because who fucking Oh, does that? I do. Right, see, I mean, there you go. That's how you show the cut of a man. Do you have the achievement for loading up Joey's skirt? If you say yes, there's a mirror. Have a long, hard look at yourself. I don't have that. Hey, um, no, I don't feel I finished good the game. about it. But I've, I've finished I've the, the whole trophy. game. Yeah, I've finished the whole game. I still don't have that achievement. And I never will have that achievement. Because it's a sad achievement. Um, I don't have grab bag in Turk for killing your own teammate. And then I think they patched that out, actually. But it was like, kill a dinosaur, kill a... A human and then kill a teammate <laughs> to get the achievement. Why? You know what I mean? Um, negative achievements. Good times. We went through that time and thing. I think it's a strange thing. I think um, I don't know. I like I like getting my thousand in it, but I like getting the thousand in it because I've enjoyed playing the game. I don't force myself mm-hmm. to play games that I don't like. Um, and I tend to find once I complete a game, the thousand tends to ever come naturally. So collect a hundred feathers can. Fuck off. Yeah. Unless it's really easily signposted, you know what I mean? Like I've got the same thing. I am one playthrough of uh, Infamous Second Son away from getting the platinum trophy in that, and I just can't be bothered. Yeah. I really can't be bothered to play through it again to get that platinum. Yeah, longevity achievements do my nothing. Really. Right. Mm-hmm. If I can kill a hundred people, I can kill ten hundred people, ten thousand people. You know what I mean? A hundred thousand people, I can do it. I just can't be arsed spending six months of my life in your game. Do you know what I mean? It's Gears of War, I'm looking at you. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm there to enjoy myself. And yes, as Stuart alluded, since I took the role as the man with a can, um, I don't know what that means, but it sounded good. Um, actually, my completion rate has fallen off the edge of a cliff, big time. Um, averaging, I used to do three, maybe three to five games a, a month, 1000G, run about that. Now I'm, you're lucky if I do one, one and a half. You know I mean, codec momentum and the codec call will, will vouch for that. Because um, you can actually see this year where it started and it just goes, oh, he's gone. <laughs> Months where I didn't, there's one month where I didn't even pledge anything because I knew I wasn't going to complete anything. Shocking. I've found it now. Um, this is only counting PlayStation, and I, I didn't I didn't actually get onto PlayStation 3 until January of 2004. 
2014, I think. No, 2013. Um, so I've only been playing PlayStation games for three years. I've got 2,102 trophies across 200 games. Jesus. On, on the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation Vita. Uh, well, my game scores across 569 games, but I know I've at least got 50 that I've never played. 40 maybe that I've never played. So I've easily mm. got 600 games from the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One. Um, yeah. To put that into context. Into context. So yeah, um, could try harder, says the report card. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had a quick look on my Steam account and I have 808 achievements and 12 perfect games. Um, I'd be oh, the nice. same with games. If I if I can get the achievements easily, then that's fair enough. If it requires me to do a speed run without dying you know, or having to replay it multiple times to try and get better or get the achievements, I just don't bother. Well, the, you know, the, flip, sit there and the flip side is I enjoy games that make you they have achievements that are linked to not actually the story. We'll talk about this later in the mm. game, but it's like Brothers comes to mind as well as another game I'm going to mention. But Brothers, none of the achievements were linked for actually completing the game or doing the game. It was all for doing wee things like rolling a sheep and suit and stuff in it. So it was yeah, they were just exploring enjoyable. the game basically. Yeah, having fun. What a novel yeah. concept. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it, it's the ones that kind of push you to either go for, you know, ridiculous collectibles or whatever, uh, that are very... Ah, it's longevity. Way. You can tell longevity yeah. ones, by my way. You know what I mean? That's the kills, the feathers, the arrows, the pigeons, the flags. Driving every car yeah. in L.A. Noir. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like I see. I like the the ones that I've got um, platinums in or um, close to getting platinums in. Like I've got single player the, story campaign driven games. <laughs> well, not just that. I mean, like, I've got every single trophy in Destiny, but I've played twelve hundred hours of Destiny, so I'd be surprised if I didn't have uh, every single trophy in that. And I'm very close to having the platinum in Diablo three, but that's not. You don't have to go and get loads of collectibles in Diablo three. Yeah. You'll get the platinum if you play Diablo three enough. Yeah. Well, I'm not kicking the boys after. Getting a thousand G in Rainbow Six and a actually thousand G Battlefront um, before DLC came out, which I'm starting to work on again, which no doubt we'll cover later. But um, yeah, so I, I, I like playing multiplayer as well. I enjoy my multiplayer achievements as well. I ain't looking at that game that might be over well watch. Um, but yeah, that's a different kettle of fish. Lauren, you got any input for this? Uh, I I play games uh, not for the achievements, but I will pursue achievements if they modify the game. Uh, one of the ones I can think of offhand that I really liked was in the original Mirror's Edge. There's an achievement to play it on the hardest difficulty and never shoot a gun. Keep the faith. Uh, mm. Yeah. Yes. So, like, I saw that and I said, you know what? I'm going to do that be- in my first playthrough because that mm-hmm. seems like what the game should be like. I, I, there's just something about it that made me want to do that. And I did. So like you yeah, know, that that was good. But I I have, man, I I'm still one trophy away from platinuming Destiny, even though I have like 800 hours in it. Uh, I just because I can never get a raid group together for Flawless Raider. And um, oh no, you too, you can get Flawless Raider solo. Well, y- yeah, if you want to slog through Crota's end and yeah, do but all at the this point it's, it's a piece it's a piece of piss at this point. Yeah, I, I got. I got Flawless Raider on uh, Crotus End with two people because it was easier than playing with a full team because the less people there are, the less likely it is that someone will die. It's true. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is it's just like I just haven't sat down and done it 
is is like more. I mean, you were talking about games that have a tr- achievements just for longevity, and the one that really comes to my mind is the first Assassin's Creed, uh, where it's mm. like get a thousand of this flag, get a thousand of that flag, and oh, it was yeah. flags in each district. I'll argue that one. It was like there was saying there was set numbers of flags in each district. Yeah, well, but it was a thousand of them. <laughs> and, oh, it was a uh, horror, yeah. but anyway, I, mean, I know well, what you mean, I know what you mean. Point, point but, has been made. Well, but my point is that I am nine flags away from getting 100% in that game, and it would take oh. me maybe 15, 20 minutes to do by looking up a guide and just slogging through it. Oh, but could I have. It was known that would happen as well. Some flags did glitch in the first Assassin's Creed. Yeah, well, That'll keep so you awake much. at night. Just so much. Yeah, but but that's the thing is I have better things to do with my life like than to go and do that. Or a quiche. Um, oh, whoa, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, like, at some point, I'm going to go back and get that one for Destiny because I play that game so damn much. It's like, okay, the, the fact that that's the only one I don't have bothers me. Um, mm. But it, it's, I don't know. If, if a game, if, if the achievements change the way that I play the game or the way I look at the game, or it's a game that I just play into the ground. Like, I have all the achievements for Portal 2, including the 51st achievement that you could only get during the, the one summer sale. Uh, because I have played that game into the ground. Uh, Risk of Rain is probably my favorite indie game ever, and I have every achievement on that three times over. Like, I've actually deleted my account to just do the game again. But again, it's not necessarily, like, to do it for the achievements. I do it just because I enjoy playing the game, and sometimes the achievements will guide you in a new way to play said game. I like, you know... You were mentioning the um, keep, uh, keeping the faith trophy from um, original Mirror's Edge. It reminded me of one of my favourite trophies or achievements in any game, which was um, clean hands in the original Dishonored, uh, which is one when I looked down at the, the achievement list on it, I saw that and was like, okay, that is the trophy I'm going for on my first playthrough. Don't and that was to this. get through get through the entire game without without. Uh, well, there was there was there were three that I was working for. Um, I can't remember what the third one was, but there was, the main one was not getting spotted or setting off any alarms and not killing anyone, including the targets. That you ah, you need to set kill. them up. You need. Uh, yeah, you had to submit them to like the fate worse than death. That was one of my favourite trophies that I've ever gotten in any game ever because it was just like it. It because like, you know all the the, the 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 footage before the game came out was like all well, these crazy ways that you can assassinate people. And I just found the game far more enjoyable playing as a complete ghost and not killing anyone. Um, yeah, I like trophies like that that kind of force you to play the game in a particular way, not to go out and collect a million different collectibles, but actually change the way in which you approach playing the game. And even if it's just a small moment, like one of the best achievements I think that was ever in a game is uh, in Bioshock called Irony. And it, mm-hmm. it, it takes you... That's what you like, with a golf club in it? No. That's where oh. you take a picture of a certain someone after you kill them. Oh, I thought that was when you, you had the boy with the golf club. So. No, so that uh, in Bioshock 2, there is a companion where you hit the animatronic Andrew Ryan with a golf club. Oh. Um, but irony in the first Bioshock is a hidden achievement. I guess, super, I, spoiler for a like 12-year-old game. But um, HD remake coming out soon, yeah. It's true. Uh, but if you if you after the fight with Sandra Cohen, who the entire part of the game he's sending you to kill people and take pictures of them for his his masterpiece. If you when you kill him, if you choose to kill him and then take his picture, there's nothing to prompt you to do it. It's just a moment of like 
see, like thinking back to what you had just done, considering the actions, and then in out of spite, just like I just killed you after you just made me do all this stuff. I'm taking your picture too. An achievement pops up that says irony. That's beautiful, like game design. Uh, it's up mm. there. And another one that comes to mind is in Portal Two. It's the part where he kills you. I really probably if you've I mean well sort of if you've not played if you have played the game you now have a smile on your face thinking back to the part where he kills you because it's like the most perfect like brick joke you like made with an achievement it's so beautiful Mm. anyway (laughs) I like Deadpool Deadpool gets one for pressing start and then he scratches his nuts and then he presses start again he goes right is that this kind of game and then he stands up and gets another achievement he goes right it's another achievement, it's the fourth wall breaking thing I like, because it's like, alright, so you're going to get make me get up with an achievement. And then he just goes, nah. And then he gets another achievement, and he goes, mm, okay. And then he finally stands up and he's like, right, fine, because okay, right, that's enough of that. And it's funny, it's funny. There's one at the beginning of Far Cry 4, uh, when you first meet um, Pagan Min, uh, the, the, the villain of the piece, and he sits you down in a room. When you're having crab uh, rangu. Yeah, yeah, and then he it's has to go good, off and answer a call or something, and at that point, like you're supposed to escape. Mm, but uh, if you if you sit there and wait, then eventually he'll come back, and the game ends. Yeah, dodgy crab rangoon. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, should we just wrap through the? I'll wrap through the last question quickly. I'll uh, just address that one quickly, and then we'll get onto the games played. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Andy also messaged in to say, what's all this nonsense about No Man's Sky suddenly being shite? Uh, well, quickly, um, somebody bought a copy of No Man's Sky uh, off eBay for $1,300 uh, uh, a little bit early, and has been playing lots of it, and then leaking, apparently, what he's the week's experienced brilliant. Did in you the see, game. Did you see the week problem? No, no, the, the I, week no to, I refuse. The week I refuse. To, well, what, the, the, they liked it on YouTube, so YouTube shut him down, so he then went to Pornhub and hosts it on Pornhub. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so you can actually watch the week's moved it's moved uh, streamers because obviously you're not allowed to show it in there but you can show it there yeah um, apparently I, was, I, I was don't want to watch story. it though I don't want the game spoiled for me um, I've heard a little bit of tittle tattle about um, Centre of the Universe yeah yeah and like but but people have been saying well the, the version that he's got is probably not finished and there will be a day one patch which will almost certainly address some of the problems that he's raised in the game and it, yeah, basically, he's he's uh, got this game and is saying what is is stating what he's experienced on the internet and based on what this one guy who claims to have the game early is saying, um, people are getting a little bit upset. But I'm just ignoring all of it to be honest. And that's all I've got to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I pre-ordered that game a long long time ago, and it comes out the In day a galaxy after- far far away. Yes. Uh, and it comes out the day after my birthday, so that's going to get a lot of play. Um, yeah, so near we, gave me it with a smile. We get it uh, the day after you guys for some reason. Um, oh. Despite it being made in this country, we get it on the tenth, and you get it on the ninth. But yeah, that's so strange. Yeah, I know it's odd, but you know I don't mind. Okay, moving on to what we've been playing over the last week or two. Uh, who wants to start us off? Okay. <laughs> um, right, this week I have been playing Splatoon. Yay! Uh, <laughs> yay. Um, 
last week was the last Splatfest um, ever, unfortunately, and unfortunately yeah. it was my also my first one. Uh, so Mark and myself um, got ourselves on Skype and managed not to get into one single game together, but we had yeah. good fun while on it anyway. So with it, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll have to try and actually set up a, a night where we, we get four of us on and actually match make together as a team. You can't do it on Splatfest for understandable reasons. Um, to try and make it as fair as possible, it's it's completely random matches, and so we tried matchmaking at exactly the same time to see if we could get in together, and it just didn't happen. But yeah, but yeah, yep. You're you're quite new to Splatoon. Yes, I've had it for maybe two months now. Although I think I'm now ranked up to level 13, which isn't bad going, uh, That's considering. Impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's as Lauren mentioned earlier in the show. There, it is. Um, yeah, definitely one of the, sort of the best first person or all third person shooters um, that came out of 2015, 2016. Um, it is just so much fun to play. And um, there's no malice or anything in it. Um, obviously, being Nintendo and what have you, they've shut off uh, voice chat and etc. Um, so there's just very simple um, callouts saying nice or uh, nice shot and things like that. And Overall, it is just a joy to play. The matches are ridiculously quick to get into still. Um, there are still so many people playing it. Um, the other day there I was in um, a match and <laughs> I just laughed whenever the names and the levels just came up and I just said, I'm playing with the big boys tonight because there was at least two level 50s, a 43, a 44 and a, yeah. <laughs> a handful of high 20s in there so it was and the fact that they're still playing as well as there's an awful lot of people still coming in at lower levels who are obviously just mm. starting to play it as well and yeah. Uh, yeah it's just so much fun and so good and uh, yeah. just brilliant it was my number two game of 2015 if you, if you listened to our games of the year from last year uh, the one where it was released about a month ago <laughs> yes yes it was yeah. ever timely <laughs> oh. And I picked up Splatoon pretty much right at launch, and uh, I played it a lot. I, I've fallen off recently, um, just because there's so many other games that I have to play. Um, well, I, I, don't, I guess not have to, but have been playing. And uh, man, I love it. For the last Splatfest, I, I made sure to go out and get the Callie and Marie uh, Amiibo, because they're amazing. And uh, it just made me so happy. I'm really curious, though, that since they're not going to do any more Splatfest, if there's going to be a way to get the Super Snail Shells. Because there is. They, they have announced yes. that if you win 30 matches, um, you will get um, some uh, sea snails off Judd um, in the plaza. Um, he will uh. reward you for, um, for that. So, yeah, that's a nice way of people still being able to upgrade um, their outfits and things like that. Yeah. Well, have you uh, have you guys actually noticed what grisly fate awaits those those uh, sea snails? Oh yeah. Things. Oh yeah. Spike. Yeah, I, spike I, I, I never. Yeah, it's it's. I, I never really paid that much attention to it until I last went to go and see him, and then I like I, I actually looked properly. So on his left, he's got a pile of these quivering sea like snails, and on the right hand side of him, there is the empty shells, and he's holding a screwdriver in one hand. <laughs> I'm going to have to have a look at that next time. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually one of the things I love about Splatoon is how, like, there's, like, a weird dark undercurrent. Like, if you look at some of the... If you do the single player and you get the, the pictures, like, the still images you can look at, and it's like, well, actually, wait a minute. This is a picture of some artifact from, like, way back in the day. And uh, Judd is, like, the, the last cat, and he was part of some kind of, like, space program thing where he was cryogenically frozen. And it's like... 
it's a post-human Earth where the water yeah. levels rose and the, the squid people are like the new dominant species. It's just so cool. I, I don't know. It's a very Nintendo thing. Yeah, it's, it's Nintendo's take on the post-apocalyptic shooter. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Did you say that you're going to have to get 30 wins to get this, the shells? Yes, I think so, but I don't know if that's just going to be like one shell or whether there's going to be a batch of them or whatever. Um, I'm not I think I think sure you get a batch. Yeah. yeah, thirty wins though. That's going to take. That's a that's a heck of an investment. It's well, the matches the matches are only what the, the, the matches are three minutes long. But if, even if you only win half the time, that is sixty matches that you're looking. Yeah, at. like that's potentially a lot. yes. But it's 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 uh, you probably get them at a faster rate than you would normally because you don't have to wait for splatfests. Yeah, I mean that's, yeah. that's fair. But it's I, I guess it makes sense from one perspective because it uh, requires or it gives you incentive to play more uh, like over a longer period of time as opposed to just on those weekends. Because I have a lot of friends who would only play it during the splatfests anymore. Mm. Uh, so now it's more like well you can get these by just playing at any time. But then it, on the flip side of that design choice. The um, since there are no more Splatfests, there doesn't it, there isn't that like pageantry around it. So uh, now my friends have no reason to go back to it. it is the problem. Mm. But uh, so it, it, it's yeah, it's got kind of a uh, catch twenty two on that that choice, I think. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, one of the other games I've been playing recently has been the Stanley Parable on PC. Uh, what a fantastic game. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, um, For the Kodak call um, on the Kodak Momentums podcast, I put that in as a um, one of my games that I was going to complete. And yeah, I completed the, or I got the beat the game achievement within like the first 15 minutes mm. um, because you can do basically a straight run fairly quickly and then proceeded to play the next two hours on the game just to see what else <laughs> there was in it and what you could do. Oh, it is just so good. Um, that's got that's talk, coming back to the discussion we had about uh, trophies and achievements. That's got some really really clever trophies as well. You know, like the whole game is sort of like a commentary on play agency in video games. But then the trophies are in on the joke the joke as well. Yeah, like there's the achievement. Um, there's the one for you. You, you have to go and uh, try the door handle on one of the doors five times. Yeah, there's a series of doors that you have to keep trying a certain number of yeah, times and things like that. And he fact- like the narrator gets really excited and he's telling you to go to a different door and try that <laughs> handle and then stand on top of the photocopier and then five thousand <laughs> times is it no? He's like maybe if you try that door five thousand times, I'll give you something. Yeah, it goes it goes on for a while and it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, and there's playing the game for an entire Tuesday. Um, <laughs> there's uh, yep. one of the achievements is go outside and it's not turning it back on again for a year. Yeah, um, I think there's even one that's <laughs> some, nearly a hidden achievement where it's almost that you actually have to hack the game yourself um, <laughs> by getting up the developer's console and everything like that. But yeah, yeah. it's it's just so good and it is yeah as you said it's just a weird sort of. Um, perverted sort of take or whatever on um, just a game uh, sort of. Yeah. Uh, it's just so have much you, fun. Um, have you played the demo? Yes, I played the demo as well. I actually played the demo beforehand uh, just yeah, to get an too. idea of what it was. And yeah, the fact that the demo is a game completely different as well. 
Yeah, um, I'd say like really anyone good. who's got the game who hasn't played the demo, go and check out the demo as well because it's not like a slice of the game. It's its own thing that's sort of like Stanley Parable's commentary on the nature of game demos. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the, 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 it's absolutely brilliant. It's worth downloading even if you've got the full game. Yeah, the, just the pair of them are... It's just wonderful to play. So it is even, yeah. and, you know, for it not being a quote-unquote, you know, proper game as such, um, just the amount of detail and um, effort that they've actually put into it as well is fantastic. And yeah, the, it's the narration that really makes it. Um, it yeah. reminds me a lot of the uh, Dr. Langeskov, um I think the Tiger, the Diamond and the Whirlwind Heist. It's oh, actually a free to, Yeah, it's actually a free-to-play game on Steam, so it's well worth tracking down. Mark. Hmm. <laughs> so it's not I'm having a go at. Um just it's the game itself is very sound and everything but it's the narration that makes it and uh, yeah it's absolutely it's just brilliant it's, it's a very Douglas Adams uh, style yeah. of humour it's, the, it's uh, the same it, with the Dr. Langeskov to an extent as well alright I need to check that out yep. then because it, I got a real vibe of um was it called Starship Titanic? Yes. There was the, the Douglas yep. Adam design point. Yeah, it really reminded me of that in its style of humour. Um, so if, you, if you're a fan of Douglas Adams, then yeah, you absolutely need to play the Stanley Parable. But uh, yeah, I'll have to check this other game out. Yeah, I think there's that one, and I think there's like a... Well, it's not quite a follow-up, but it's uh, the second game by the same developer. I think it's called The Beginner's Guide, or at least... The be- mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, not, yeah, yeah. It I might know not the be the same developer, yeah. but it's very similar, that sort of style no, as well. No, so it's, no, it is. It, it it is. The Beginner's Guide is is the same developer as the Stanley Parable, and oh, cool. it's it's really that's almost half the point. It's it, so have, has none of you played the Beginner's Guide? No, not yet. Okay, then I will not say anything other than it's really good and really just strange. It's like thought it as the Stanley Parable is hilarious. The beginner's guide is thought-provoking about like the nature of games and it's it's interesting especially like if you look at some of the fallout around uh Davey I think the guy's name is who made both of those games Davey something or other um and he's some of the fallout from that is just incredible especially in the context of the beginner's guide and I can't say much more without spoiling it so it's so so good I'll add that one to the list Yep, definitely. And, uh, well, I'll include both um, my next two games, um, actually, just sort of together. Um, A couple of weeks back, um, our other team member, Adam Ducker, um, was doing uh, just a Twitch stream, um, playing a couple of games. So between us, we sat and played Super Arcade Football and Butts Ball, um, both on Steam on PC. Uh, Super Arcade Football, we have talked about before. Um, It is a very close to sort of a sensible soccer um, type of football game. It's just great fun. There's plenty of options within it and they now have the online multiplayer working, uh, which was whenever the pair of us were playing it was very, very smooth and uh, really easy to um, quickly jump in and out of games. And uh, And it's it's going to be at Eurogamer this year as well. Yes, uh, I saw that uh, you tweeted about that. I think they've run a couple of different tournaments at um, a couple of other game cons as well, so they have. So, yeah, no, it's definitely... uh, um, it's just a great wee football game. I'm not a huge fan of uh, like Lauren uh, sort of sports games and what have you, but certainly going back to the good old days um, of playing things like sensible soccer and NHL and Mega Drive, 
Um, so any any game that sort of puts me back into that sort of um, environment and what have you, I'm very much um, keen to play. And uh, yeah, Super Arcade Football completely scratches that itch, so it does. And uh, it's just so much fun. Um, the I'm not sure if the online multiplayer is fully. Um, certainly we can, we were able to play one on one, but the game technically supports a local player of um, four um, I think four people on each team. Um, so actually a player local co-op. Um, which is really quite impressive, so I don't know how far that extends into the online multiplayer, um, but it would be really nice to see that um, implemented as well. Uh, the Buttsball is a, uh, it's like a, an arena shooter, um, but done in like a top-down view, and you basically just play as little rectangles, um, shooting each other. Um, Again, it's uh, a fairly quick game to get into. It was on sale there, so I think I gifted Adam, Mark, and uh, Lee um, copies of it as well, although I haven't managed to get all four of us on as yet. Uh, but hopefully we'll stream that at some stage. Um, just different arenas, set up a server, um, get all your friends in. And I think it's up to maybe eight players or so, possibly even more than that at any one time. Uh, the bullets themselves, um, you have a sort of certain cache of them, and once you shoot them all, they either regenerate um, over a period of time or if you get a kill. And the bullets themselves actually ricochet around the screen, so I can only imagine how ridiculous it is uh, with a lot of players on screen and a lot of bullets ricocheting around. Uh, but yeah, it was a it's a very quick pick up and play game, and uh, it was great fun to us. Do you, Do you want to go next, other Stuart, so you can you can talk a little bit since you know we you and and well, for yeah. fucking, you know, fucking sandwich me in between them, you know, you know I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm just here as a pH test. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I'll go next because sods all dictates. Um, <laughs> what have I been doing? Uh, I'm going to start things off a little different. I was at an expo. Oh my god, an expo! It was outside, touching hands and shaking fists. Um, yeah, I went to Resonate Gaming Festival, which is the first time it has been held in the feral city of Glasgow, and it was at the SEC. C C C C C C, um, C. Um, what it was was a. I'll, I'll, I'll spell how it was fed to us, and then I'll spell how it was. Right. It was billed as an esports championship venue where young contenders would enter and battle and gladiatorial thing. Uh, Half Storm, Doom, you know the kind of shit. Counter Strike, FIFA, so forth and so on. What you really got was. A really mumsy and dadsy safe event that, although it was a three day event, if I wasn't covering it, it would have been a half day event. It was round in 30 settings. It lacked games to be played. Um, I know that's really strange, but it had uh, a lack of. Like, like, the pinnacle right now is Eurogamer. Eurogamer sits upon a high, an untouchable pedestal, if you would. And you go there, and I can spend easily three and a half days before I get bored. Easy. And God knows I'll probably spend four days now, because I'll talk to people. Um, at this, there was a nice wee indie bit. I went and talked to the guys, and they were great. I got to play indie stuff. Indie stuff's always good. Got a lot of indie stuff. Uh, shout out to the Rebound Boys, who are for Cali Uni. Eight guys built a kind of dodgeball-style combat arena dodgeball game. And... Um, this was the first show, and it was really interesting because while they were playing the demo in the game, they were actually taking notes to how to redevelop it. It was a Q&A testing in real time, um, which was really cool because there was a bit in the map where I pit, and I fell through the pit, and I went, oh, fuck, fucking pit, I didn't know that, and they went, and then the boy next to me was going, how can we make the pits easier to see, Taylor, because his, 
he's colleague. And I'm like, well, we could try and do this. And I was like, well, why not put a kind of coloured mesh over the pit? Would make it a lot easier to know, like, bright red pit. I'll stay away from that. Because we're talking about how they couldn't put in moving lava because of the anti aliasing and stuff. It was really interesting. Um, if that's your thing. Um, other than that, uh, there was a big massive FIFA stage. So if you liked FIFA, you could play FIFA there. There was Battlefront tournaments and there was the Razor Bus, which had a menagerie of games downstairs. And the Hot as Hell upstairs, which had Overwatch on the PC. Other than that, uh, of an age, because it was a kiddie area where they had Minecraft and all the good stuff for kids, but other than that, there was very little to actually sink your teeth into and play at a games expo, if you know what I mean. Um, which, I think the whole point of games expo is so you can go in the. Uh, I think if they would have had a few stations where like, gang beasts and uh, overcooked and stuff, stuff like four player co op stuff that you can play with your mates and have a good time, or even Mario Kart set up in a non kiddie Minecraft themed area where they were like enthusiasts and kids to play and stuff. Um, overall, as a first outing, it was okay, but I expect a lot better next time. It's at the SCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCC
Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I went Friday, Saturday, I had a nice time, it was unaggressive, I got to meet some decent people, get some good interviews and stuff, so yeah, it was nice. Did you manage to play any Overcooked? It wasn't there, that's what I mean, I was saying that oh, as right. in like, it should have been, no, it was a games expo with no games yeah. other than FIFA, Battlefield, and, you know. and Overwatch I've, I've got was not enough. Pre-ordered. And I want to know if it's as good, if, if it's as fun as it looks. Yeah, that's that's the thing as well. It's the same with Gang Beasts. Gang Beasts would have been an amazing game to play with four mates or even four randoms and stuff. And you're kind of like, well, why? It's, like, it's the old scenario as well. It's like Razor were there, but nobody was selling Razor Kit. So they had. It was the first time I got a chance to play with the Wildcat, which is the kind of alternative Razor version of the Elite. And it was really interesting and comfortable and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is real cool. I'm like, I really like to talk to somebody, a rep or something about this because you know, it's a cool controller. You don't really see it much in the wild. Nah, mate, we're just here to let you play the stuff in that, and you can use the Overwatch keyboard. Overwatch keyboard's lovely. Oh, it's a mm. lovely thing, because when you do your super, it lights up as a rainbow, and it, it like movement keys are highlighted as blue, and attack keys are highlighted as orange at all times. So even as a rookie, you went in and went, oh, all right, I see what I need. It's really nice. Headset was reasonable, and the mouse was a mouse, you know. But it was like, there was nobody selling that kit. So you're showcasing this awesome kit, but it's the same with Turtle Beach. Turtle Beach are prime with this at Eurogamer. Go to Eurogamer massive stand and you go, right, I'll buy a set of X07s off you, mate. I'm really wanting them, right? Uh, you need to go on the website. But, but why? Why do you not have, like, uh, me and my mate were talking about this. At Expo, you're literally going to spend money you want to spend. You want to walk away from an Expo with something. I've came close to buying an Elite controller at an Expo and I probably would have bought an Elite controller there. Game had a stand. Game weren't selling games. Game were selling pop vinyls, figures. No, tell me. Games were selling free collector's editions, Overwatch, Doom, and Bravely Second, was it? The DS game. Did, yep. did you not get the memo that game don't sell games anymore? Well, funnily enough, they didn't. I bought my Division Cup. I bought a Steely Division Cup for them, for a fiver. That was what I bought for them. And it was really strange, because if they would have had an Elite controller, I probably would have walked away with an Elite controller. I might have walked away with a Wildcat if, if they were selling Wildcats. And it was just really... It's a real mix-mash and a real strange event if I'm honest for people outside coming in they would have went ruin it and went ah this was alright and went ah that's fine and spent half a day at it but I like to go to expos and do expos right and I just was kind of like Edinburgh beats this hands down and Edinburgh itself was quite a small event you know what I mean so it was a bit kind of like mm. but again nice if you have a family and kids and that great environment great thing non-offensive and it's a taste but it's an esports event no just it, it falls it falls at the hurdle you know what I mean why they didn't have a like two grand or fifteen hundred pound invitational tournament where they brought in some real talent and you could have went here's so and so for the states and here's so and so to win this money it would have been cool but it was like five hundred pound was the prize pot in the tournaments and you're kind of like that ain't going to make no one get out of bed you know what I mean for what I hear like the half stone tournament had 30 entries in it and it's kind of like oh, it's no phenomenal numbers is it especially when you're at the flagship esports event, so um, non-offensive, but a bit dull and missing the target audience. I think as well. That would be my. Well, I'll go again next year, probably. And as I said in my review, there is a lot to learn for this. A lot to learn because there was no major sponsor. There was no Xbox, no PlayStation, no Nintendo. You know what I mean? It was just kind of missing the game side of the games event. <laughs> but again, hey ho. Anyway from mixed bags only uh, even 
mix oh hold on I'll save that to the end because I'm not getting started on that um, other than that I was playing uh, the Bespin DLC for Battlefront which is jolly good fun adds 5 maps 2 guns 2 new heroes Dagar who is a tank of a man and an absolute beast uh, Lando Carizan who's the coolest guy in the galaxy but it's pretty shitting on weak but he's the coolest guy in the galaxy um, now he can run a bit with 9 numb as well which is quite cool because yeah, old friends um, it also adds the cloud cars the first DLC vehicle to be added to Star Wars Battlefront they are pissy but they are fun nippy and whizzy and enjoyable to fly about in but they are rubbish if you play them in fighter control TIE fighters and X-Wings will tear through you in settings hey ho there you go that's a patch if ever I saw a patch um, is it worth 11 yeah I really like the DLC the aftercare dice are putting on Star Wars is pretty decent, you know what I mean? I enjoyed Outer Rim, and now I've enjoyed this. I'm not a big fan of the hut contracts. To get the new weapons and goodies and cards, you need to do the hut contracts, which are a bit of a, a tedious thing to do, if you know what I mean. Get 30, get 30 blaster streaks and stuff and all that, and they're doable and stuff, but they're just a bit annoying, because you really want to go, I want the, the cool blaster with the night vision scope and stuff, and... It's all that kind of stuff, but it's funny because I was thinking as well, I was going to mention, like, you say you were struggling for a game. I get in games no problem, and I was going between normal play, as in core game maps, and Bespin maps, which theoretically should be deed, because, you know what I mean, it's like, who buys DLC these days? Um, but yeah, it's, um, I really liked them, and if you're into Battlefront, they're definitely worth a look. They're beautiful, like, like, the Cloud City is beautiful, by bathed in orange gold. It's a, it's a beautiful map. Um, big, wide open. The Walker Assault one's particularly nice. Big, wide open vistas. Good verticality. Um, as one walker walks through, and some of the most of the hubs are in wee shack bubble hut things in the centre of the city. It's pretty good. Um, and he's thinking of buying it, ever, maybe, possibly. Maybe? No, no. Uh, Battlefronts, I, I had my fun with Battlefront, I'm done with it. See... <laughs> See, the interesting thing now is now we've got that out of the way, the next DLC is the Death Star DLC, which I think will be brilliant, and then the DLC after that is the Rogue One DLC. So fundamentally, we've got the meh content out of the way, and now we're getting the kind of, ooh, because Chewie's been announced as the next goodie hero, and uh, I'm wondering, like, are we going to have a trench run map? We're going to have to have a trench run, aren't we? So I think the Death Star DLC will be really interesting and stuff. Um... The other game that I played that was again a threw in as a codec momentum because hey, why not? Was Inside, which maybe in my top five for game of the year at the moment. It's a phenomenal game. Truly, truly phenomenal. Um No spoilers please, because apparently it's coming to PS4 soon. Next month, <laughs> I hear. I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's a phenomenal game. You start off on the run and you run to the right, the right of the screen and you don't stop. Ever. Um, better than Limbo, I felt. Uh, better story, even though it doesn't tell you anything. There's no text in the game, there's no loading screens in the game, there's no voice in the game, but it tells a how or entail that needs communication between people, uh, how you take away, what you take away at the end. I imagine it's different from what I take away and it's great to sit down with people and actually talk about what the fuck happened there um, and I think it's 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 special it really is special 
Um, I know I read the review on it, and I did a review about how the psyche and how the story it tells and stuff. And I know it's a about a kind of nineteen eighty four world, eighteen eighty four, yeah, uh, world, and all of that stuff. And you could the easiest route to take would have been the London's route and just go, "Oh, you're a wee guy that dies in horrific ways, and it's all about dying, and you're a wee boy in a world of hurt." Well, that's missing the fucking point of the tale it's telling. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's it's a great tale, and I love it, and it's great, and it's probably gonna it's fighting super hot for my game of the year at the moment. Uh, super hot's a beautiful bot as well, so I'm like, oh, what'd you do? So yeah, but over and in, inside is uh, a must buy. I'd say five out of five. Yeah, That's what I gave it. if I could jump in real quick, since I also had that on my list, uh, inside is phenomenal. Absolutely uh, agree with all the things that you said. Uh, and I do, th- I think a couple of the puzzles, uh, re- or not even puzzles, moments require a little too much, like, like you're going to die at this the first time and then figure out how to do it. The safe, the safe's, the safe's well documented. I think the safe's, uh, I think the safe's staged, you know what I mean? Because, you yeah. know how, if you've seen the trailer, the safe, you push the safe, the safe falls and breaks the floor, but because of the weight of the safe, it breaks. The, the branch you're standing on you die yeah I think that it's it's kind of I know what you mean but I feel as well that the puzzles were a lot easier than Wimble I feel I never felt that I was quote unquote stuck you know what I mean yeah um, and I felt that it had a good flow because of this you know um, and the well, achievements as we were speaking earlier about the achievements I feel uh, the achievements in this are key or they are key they're key to the actual gameplay do you know what I mean and they they it's a case of you look for the, the, the telltale sign that there's an achievement item nearby and when you go to it and stuff and that and like I said the, the actual achievements are linked to an ending as well so you get two endings theoretically but you only yep. get one if you do all the achievements I don't know if that's a spoiler would you classify that as a spoiler? No maybe, I mean maybe the, no. there is a secret ending you must get all the achievements to unlock it mm-hmm. that's... and then play a tune which is crazy <laughs> Yeah well I mean the actual opening that part was yeah but i mean there, there's a couple of other parts where it's just like oh well there's no way i would have seen that there that log there so mm. like now but the, the checkpointing system like you were saying is, is actually like really uh, forgiving and the signposting in general in this game especially if you pay attention to like the use of light and dark is yeah it's got accents as well red red's really well used as well for like yep. i'm thinking of like the puzzle with the, the weight Yep, it's yep. like the big numbers and stuff. It's it really uses the, the monochromatic. It's all monochromatic. It's no black and white, but it uses that dull power palette tone really well. I felt, um, and I think the the guys at uh, Dead, I might say Dead uh, Shot, but it's no Dead Shot. P- play Dead. Play Dead. That's your boys. I think they did an incredible job on what it is, and I really I don't know if they could get away with it again because it was quite similar to Wimble, but better. But then the the bits here, I would love. Have expanded. Do you know what I mean? It's like the early hour in the game is quite. Is, I feel the early hour of the game is quite really interesting before it kind of goes to the the catacomb kind of bit. And I, I feel the kind of the story that tells you you running and what you're running for your life. I feel they didn't really flesh that out enough. You know, uh, um, well, but beautiful I, moments nonetheless. I, you know, I I think. I think once you hit the end, man, I'm going to have to talk around this really, really yeah. hard. But I, well, I don't think mention the last... We don't well, no, 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 no. I'm not going to say no, no. anything about the ending. But once you hit the ending, you realize that you're not running away from something. Yeah. And that yeah. changes the context of the like pretty much the entire game. Oh, it's just and a that, rumble in it, in that oh sense as God. well, with the, sw- the double switch in it. Yep, yep. 
And um, that's that's how that goes. But then again, you but you uh, I but I fair enough. I damn you, non Xbox owners and PC players. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a really good podcast in here somewhere that's trying to break free. Funnily enough, that's quite a fitting concept. Um, <laughs> oh but, man. But um, yeah, it's magic. It's truly magic, and it it, it it takes a lot for me to admit that. But again, but yeah, inside, buy it, buy it now, buy it, buy it, buy it. We can wait. Buy it. <laughs> Pre-order it. Pre-order it if you can. I don't care. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Yeah. Anyway, inside, amazing, superb. Probably yeah. going to be my game of the year. Maybe unless I play more super hot over and over again. And the last thing I've been playing, we've went through the the divine godlike game to, yeah, just why? Um, playing Ghostbusters, the 2016 game, which was. Yeah, it was something. It was a thing I played. Well, kind of like the film. It was a thing I watched. Um, Twin Stick Shooter. You play as... Not the Ghostbusters, the females, no. Not the classic crew, no, no. You play as... Insert blanks from man 1 and 2 and black frame women 3 and 4. You play as rookies who... The game starts off, it gives you a nice wee cinematic and you watch it and you're kind of like, yeah, this is quite interesting, this is a wee cinematic. Could be quite cool, new Ghostbusters and all that, and it sets the scene well. But you soon realise that that cinematic's the only cinematic in the game, other than the one at the very end. And it's kind of like, yeah, these animated cinematics would have really, really gave this game a sense of humour and a bit of hope. <laughs> what then follows is about 10 to six, uh, 6 to 10 hours, depending on what you're doing, uh, of slogging from... You play the first level, you basically play the same thing over and over and over again in different locations. Fight the same enemies. I hate the fact they reuse... It's so obvious they reuse the same model as a mobster, as a nurse, as a train conductor. It's the same fucking model. It's... A twin stick shooter with a reload mechanic. Really? Like, like that killed... Like, the Expendables game had that, and it killed the Expendables game dead. This is a real yeah, but it's in um uh oh shit what's the 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 game that's basically Starship Troopers the game um Helldivers Helldivers uh. yeah Helldivers has got a reload mechanic in it and that's every kind of thirty seconds one of uh, it depends on what weapon you use yeah well basically in this you've got generic person one through four has an assault rifle SMG shotgun and a minigun which sounds really cool a proton minigun and you also have your proton wand because it's Ghostbusters but there's a level up tree and to be fair you do the first level and then you start leveling your character up he becomes faster the heat it does it tries hard but the core gameplay never changes and it's just stale after like first uh, 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 the, the crutch of the argument right this is a £40 retail title £40 right as I said when I reviewed it, if it was a £15 arcade title, I would have been like, right, it's a bit of fun, it's enjoyable, it's nothing major, but it's a £40 retail game that's built round co-op, but it doesn't have online co-op. So me and my friend got a copy and we sat for a good 30 minutes trying to work out why we couldn't figure out how there's an online mode. Because there isn't. So you only play couch co-op. For £40 you get couch co-op over... Five areas with two levels each and a final boss fight and then you get one remix it's called at each level so five, fifteen, something, thirty odd levels um, and they're all the same they're just 
cookie cutter repeats in different locations and the patter, the jokes, they just don't hold up. There's only like five jokes in the whole game. The music's stale. The theme tune's in it. So when you get the theme tune, you're kind of like, yeah, it's, it starts halfway, the ghost person, you're like, yeah, again there, it's good times. And then you quickly realise that's where the fucking budget went and that's why you spent £40 for the rights. It's an avoid at all times. So as I was saying, we're inside, possibly game of the year. This is the worst review I've ever given a game, ever. It got, I wanted to give it a half star. My editor forced me to give it a star because he was like, eh. and I'm like, nah, half star. Half star garbage. It's bad. Worst game of the year to date. Do not touch. Go and see the film. Just go see the film. It's alright. There's a bit of bleed over between the film. Because after I finished the game, I was like, fuck. Fuck, there's nothing saving this. And I was like, I won't see the film, see what happens. And you're kind of like, well, the first area is the one for the film and the grenades are a thing and you're kind of like wow is this really is this it yeah and you're like yeah and games charging £40 that's four zero of your British pounds for this yeah that's going to be a fiver at Christmas it ain't going to sell and as we'll find out in the news section shit goes round and karma's a bitch but yeah it's just it's an avoid big red sign void nothing to see here folks just just carry on. I'll definitely be avoiding that one then. Yeah, I, I think I read somewhere that that game was crapped out in like eight months, so I'm not surprised yeah. it's garbage. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a cheap tie-in. I think it's a reskin. I think it was something else to just reskin those Ghostbusters as well. You know, it, it hmm. could have been. It, it's the fact that it, it, they want forty quid for it, and there's no forty. There's like fifteen quid worth of content. The fact there's no online and it's published by Activision, who fundamentally deal with World of Warcraft and Call of Duty, dictates there should be online co-op. There is none, you know. And it's like, why? What a redneck, you know what I mean? Just, just some things are best killed at birth. This was one of them, and it, it pains me to say it. I mean, I, I'll not put a good game down ever, but like I say, unless this game drops in price significantly in the next fucking 40 minutes then it's just it's un- just no and I know like Andy said he's quite interested in it for the couch co-op section and I'm kind of like is it even worth that I don't know you know what I mean it's good it, there's achievements in it where you need to level your guy up to 20 one gate one playthrough you'll get to about 12 so you're talking two playthroughs at each character so each character you need to level up individually so it's like your characters don't as you go into the squad they don't level up together if you know what I mean only the character you're playing with levels up which is kind of like you're just building longevity right this isn't you it reeks a replay like added replay value from not much payoff because what's the point of going up to level 20 with a Ghostbuster once you've pumped the whole game you're kind of like well I've got all these high level Ghostbusters and I'm bored because I've done the same things over and over and over again you know what I mean yeah just a, a lesson in shovelware and just just yeah just bad times <laughs> Reminds me of uh, speaking of a movie that just came out fairly recently and the terrible video game tie-in. Uh, the Star Trek Beyond just came out, and Star Trek Beyond's a fantastic movie. But the Star Trek video game that came out last year around uh, Into Darkness is possibly the most painful experience I've ever had in a video I game. I don't know. You play co-op with Spock and Kirk. It's all right, I suppose. It's better than Star. It's better than Ghostbusters. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, and, and it was uh, worse than Aliens Colonial Marines. Don't so. go there. Don't go there. There was a warning yeah, sign as you started. entered. You, there was a warning sign when you entered this studio. 
Do not talk about colonial marines in bad tongues or you will be exited. Wait. Hold on a second. No, no, there's no, 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 no hold on. No, no, okay, no. okay, I'm like... We've all, I'm, we've all got your back. He's basically Cullen, he <laughs> oh, likes it. <laughs> wait. Wait, you actually like Aliens Colonial Marines? Yes. Oh, I've, wow. I've I mean, to, to be fair, I have played that game to completion on the hardest difficulty like four times. Yeah, I've so. been co-op and all that shit. You know what I mean? It's not a problem. I, I just think... I think a lot of folk hated on it. It's a perfectly serviceable, fun Friday nights worth of fun with your mates and a few beers or live. You know what I mean? It's not an issue. It's. I, I mean, it's I, I, I guess if you don't care about the canon or the the movies or literally have no pulse other games and smart to guns play, and look cool. <laughs> and I, I thought the online, I thought the online was particularly entertaining. I actually enjoyed the online section. Wow! Wow! You know, I, 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 I thought. <laughs> Are you sitting down? Are you sitting down, mate? Because you saying what you need a seat. I mean, somebody get him a glass of water, quick. I'm, I, I, I need a shot of something heavier than water after hearing that. My God. Uh, go <laughs> go listen to Kane and Rince, um, their episode on that. I wrote sure I in... Have. I wrote in one of the most amazing pieces of... Fic, uh, not, not of, like, of, like, review <laughs> of a video game ever that they read out on that. And it just makes me so happy to listen... To, to the nice, soothing British accents just spewing the bile and vitriol that I have for that game. Well, I love that game so much, as it's been documenting this, I have actually signed by Bishop and Hicks. I've got my game, and, and I've spoken about this in this, podcast, in this very podcast. I took Colonial Marines and stood in a line with all these fans, and they're like, what the fuck are you doing getting that signed? And I'm like, I like it. And why would I not get Colonial Marines signed by Bishop, who is in the game, and... And Hicks, who's also in the game. So Michael Bean and Lance Hendrickson. Hendrickson, yep. yeah. I'm, I'm, signed. And the best thing is, the story the, the, the story with Lance Hendrickson is amazing, because I've I told that again as well. But um, what it was, was we went to the queue, my mate was in front with uh, Mass Effect 2. He stood up and he went, oh, I'm Cutter, and he gave him a wee line and that. Had a bit of chat, and then I went with Conan Marines. It was as if I kicked him in the nuts. He just signed it and just went, get the fuck out of my sight. It was amazing. <laughs> they even disown it. You know what I mean? Just, it's just, amazing. Just, I'm, I'm gonna need a moment, guys. I don't think I've ever met anyone whose opinions are so objectively wrong. That <laughs> I mean, I've got a really big stick, and I know who you're about a four by four land is, mate. I will burn that bitch down, and I will <laughs> yeah, salt it. No, I will salt not, it. not my poor, not my poor four by four bit of land. <laughs> I will salt uh, that motherfucker till there's nothing left. Just, wow. Wow. He's going to invade it and claim it as his own now. Yep, that's that. <laughs> with a <the> flag. <laughs> <laughs> going to put Colonial Marines on it, on a pedestal. Marvel <laughs> pedestal. Oh, I mean, like, you like the Star Trek game. You like, I, man. See, just, this is the thing. This is the don't put the bad... The put, see, we, we've spoken as well. I really like Middle of the Road games because they've got character. You know what I mean? Perfection's good and stuff. But perfection's boring. Oh, I want something oh. from the character. You know what I mean, like a wee cheeky, wee cheeky uh, rosé. You know what I mean? Just something that, that stays with the power. Well, that's a that's a mean? very Buddhist philosophy. I I can appreciate. I like shooting that. shit, basically. That's yeah. a short. Yeah, yeah, no, makes, like, yeah. I mean, you're you're like the new Bodhisattva. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <video games>. it's um, <laughs> it's. Uh, this is why I never get invited on Kieran Rins, isn't it? This is that. This is yeah. why it came out. That, that would be a good reason. I mean, you even were, though even though I had the best three word review in the world about Spec Ops: The Line, try before Dubai. That's a fucking amazing three word uh, review. You know what I mean? Okay, that's that, go- that. That's a pretty good pun. 
thank you. I, you I, I got to get the newspaper. You know what I mean? But I try hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you're you're very right about inside. And really, this just makes <laughs> me <laughs> wonder. Hey, there's loads of yeah. I've got I've got a big pack of fucking reviews. I've done actual reviews that have went to hundreds of people. I I, I never put a good game down. Yeah, I'm very I, positive. Well, but that just makes me wonder, like. Man, the Ghostbusters game must be the worst thing yeah. that has ever been created. Like, Pretty worse much. than E.T. the Extraterrestrial on the Atari 2600. Which I also w- have. Worse <laughs> than, worse than, well, I mean, we both own it, but it, it is garbage. But, uh, I've never played that, so. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I mean, worse than, like, what, what, are the, what is it? Uh, the Slaughtering Grounds by Digital Homicide. Just worse than everything that is just the dregs of, of humanity of, of what they could create. 80, 80-95% in the Wii catalogue, you know, it's, it's the shit happens, man, you know what I mean? I roll with the punches. But I just, man. Carrot's Golden Balls, for example. What a game. <laughs> I just, man, I, I you know what? I, I am I am very honoured to meet somebody so, so wrong. It's, <laughs> it's just amazing. I just, wow. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to derail... Uh, I didn't mean to derail oh, this whole podcast. The Marines and we went to war. Yeah, well, I mean, we met, but it got very philosophical. Is well, is where it just man. I, I, made the, I played Conan Marines, and me and my mate played it, and we went. You know what? This game, I it's rough in the edges. I it's a bit tarty, but we fucking had fun. Do you know what I mean? That was the that was the core. It's the core majority of my game's concept is if I play a thing and it enjoy it gives enjoyment and I feel fun. Yes, yeah, fine. Look, yeah, but then uh, it gets into, mm. it's no it's no getting put out to die, and I just felt like yeah, Conan Marines. Yeah, it's easy to hate. There you go. It's easy to hate. It's hard yeah, to but, love. But Cullen, some people have fun by taking heroin. It doesn't mean that you'd recommend other people do it. <laughs> hey, you want some? I can point in the right direction. I mean, see, this is the thing. My experience with that game was two friends of mine were like, "Oh man, we're gonna buy this game. We're gonna play it co-op." So we start playing it co-op on like the normal difficulty, and we're like, "This is too easy." So we restarted on Ultimate Badass. Went through mm. the entire game, and at the end of it, we were like, "Did did you actually enjoy any of that?" And I'm like, "No, no." So I played through the entire thing solo on Ultimate Badass, thinking that maybe the solitude, the solitude, the solitary experience nah. would 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 adva- enhance nah. the game, and it really didn't. So so then I played DLC the- was good, but the D- I really liked the DLC for it. It went in an interesting way. If you played the DLC for it, I have, I have, and actually, I will say the Bug Hunt DLC for that is. Mm. Way is where I got all my enjoyment for that game out of. Mm. Actually, that I really feel like the Bug Hunt DLC was was solid, and I mean for the most part, it, the AI was still a little wonky, but it was Again, still. It's, it, you got overlook these things, man. You got overlook them. Yeah. Well, uh, but in a world where alien isolation exists. I hate that game with passion. It's wow! Fuck. Again, you're so objectively wrong. It's amazing. Oh, for fuck's sake, man! I'm following you on Twitter because you and me, you're gonna see, you're gonna see the light, my man. You're gonna see it. I totally um, hate isolation because isolation was built as this. The, 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 I twitched it. I was on Twitch with it, and it was like the alien. Would, uh, there's so many glitches in that game, so many, and everybody's like, "It's yeah. amazing." And I'm like, I, I, phone so, guns, invisible people. Fucking horribleness. Horribleness. So I, I, I will say I think that game is like 
maybe six hours too long as well. Like, it's, it's uh, double, spread a double, little too double thin. Dunton. Yeah, double Dunton. It's like, by the way, here's the end. Uh-uh, it's a false ending because shit's gonna happen. It's like, yeah. really... Really? But but I mean strictly on AI was what I was what I was referring to because the AI for the Xenomorph in Isolation is way better than the AI than well, it for but well, it's a very different game so I, I, they're really not comparable. I still shouted it and it came running. I shot it. Didn't <laughs> really work, but I did it a lot, an awful lot on Twitch and people found it funny. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting going, where the fuck are you? Oh, there they are. Morning, then, morning. Then. Gravity nail to the skull. Why that should kill you? That should go riveting through your skull. And stuff, but I, it, it, horses for courses, you know what I mean? I know what I like, and I've got a really fucked up spectrum. But <laughs> I, it's 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 the way it is, and I fucking hate Nintendo. There you go, fuck it, drop the mic. I'm out here. Wow. All right. And PlayStation. Right. <laughs> okay then. So <laughs> they two are just <laughs> sitting there going. They, they two are just sitting there looking at each other, nodding, going. Uh, no, no, you know, Mark's the one. Mark's the one doing the editing job, so he's just sitting there writing down the timestamps. So he's just going to excise <laughs> oh, that no, whole no, portion. No. And just, just this is getting it. This is gold. This is gold. Darrow, on the released episode, Stuart won't appear in it. Uh. <laughs> 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 oh dear God! <sighs> but yeah, let's move on, shall we? Um, Orange, you want to do your games? Um, sure, if you like. I'll, I'll be quick, because I don't want to talk too long about a couple of the games. Uh, I, I also played Inside on the Xbox One. Like I mentioned, awesome game. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, just go play it, seriously. It's so good. Um, recently, uh, so I've been on a lot of business trips uh, for, for work, uh, which have sucked, but have given me a lot of like, well, I gotta play something. So I picked up uh, Castlevania Dracula Chronicles X on my Vita because it has Symphony of the Night buried in it. <laughs> and um, I, I really enjoyed playing Symphony of the Night on my PSP. And I was like, ah, this could be good. But you have to actually... Un- so there's also... Um, oh, what's the other one? Rondo of Blood is the game that came out before Symphony of the Night. And both of those games are hidden within Dracula Chronicles X. So I was like, alright, cool. I'll play this game. I'll unlock these other games. It'll be awesome. But Dracula Chronicles, or but Castlevania Dracula Chronicles X, is so awful. <laughs> it's they they they. It was like they decided that they were going to make a throwback game to the original Castlevanias, uh, but then make it all with like 3D sprites and stuff. But you're still just proceeding from left to right for the most part. But like, it has a live system for no good reason. Like, I'm not pumping quarters into your machine here. Why are you punishing me for trying to get through your shitty-ass game with terrible jumping and terrible attacks? Um, and it's, it's like, I, I, it has that Dark Souls get good kind of thing, but it's very rare that I would feel like a death was my fault, while in Dark Souls it always feels like your fault. And, like, I couldn't even get to the point where I could unlock Rondo of Blood or Castlevania Symphony of the Night because of just how painful this game was to play. So, if you have a lot of patience and a lot of tolerance and a lot of love for the older Castlevanias, and I guess like, all the time in the world on your hands, it's, it's, you could give it a try, but like, wow. So not worth it. Um, and to be fair, it took me two plays on Symphony of the Night before I finally started appreciating that game. So maybe Castlevania is just not a series for me. Uh, except for Symphony of the Night, which is actually fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if nobody had an opinion on those games and I just had my little rant about how terrible that game was. <laughs> I like I like the 3D ones that came out on the, the Xbox, but yeah, fucking, that's that, I suppose. I haven't actually Lords, played... Uh, Lords of the Fallen? Lords I haven't the Fallen? actually played the 3D ones, but I hear they're really good. First one's really good, second one's... Fuck Capcom. No. Um, Fair enough. It's, 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 it's like... Yeah, we've got a really cool thing where certain bits are like Shadow of the Colossus and stuff for some reason. You know what we should do? We should bring Dracula to modern day New York. Oh, Why? that sounds like a terrible Why? idea. Yeah, mm. fuck, fuck Capcom. Where's <laughs> Konami? Oh, fuck them all. <laughs> I know. Um, you get the sentiment. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that was Castlevania. Uh, not for me. Uh... I have also been playing a lot of Doom 2016 recently. Amazing. What'd you say? Truly amazing. Oh, it's That's so amazing. good! It's so That's good! Um, so, uh, as I mentioned briefly at the very beginning, I grew up on Doom and Doom 2. Like, I could play the entire first episode of Doom, like, all ten levels, uh, like, blindfolded. Like, uh, I, I could literally talk somebody through a level just from knowing the title of it. It's ridiculous. So... Doom was just always my jam, uh, which actually might go a little bit into why I didn't like some of the, the Halo design choices, but, and I don't mean Halo, specifically Halo, I mean, like, the, the design choices that came from Halo, like, the regenerating health and, uh, only having two weapons. The, the gener- the, that's just an evolution, but is it not? It is, it, and there's something to be said about that, about, um, as a designer, always knowing that your, that your player is going to be at full health coming into a room so you can design the, uh, ch- the, the actual challenges to be, mm. uh, appropriate. Uh, but but then uh, the original Doom had so much exploration and so many like little secrets and stuff because you needed to scour the level for those resources. And uh, man, a room could you could go in with full health and full armor and just blaze through a whole level and have no problems. But if you started that same level after having just gotten your ass kicked on the previous one and you're going in there with like 19 health and low on most of your ammo, that is going to be a very different experience. And there's something about that I really appreciated because it's like you have to be a lot more cognizant of your health, your ammo, your armor, how you're going through a level, who you take out first, what you're going to focus on. And uh, it it made it more of a long game where you had to do that for an entire level, not just a single room. And and again, it's just a different design choice. It's something that I can't appreciate as a designer. Um, But it's just having grown up with that the original design of the dooms man oh man this this new the, the new doom is like a return to form with even better decisions the idea of doing those glory kills like incentivizing that because that's your primary way of getting health back uh and then also having the chainsaw which is a one-hit kill for pretty much anything and that refills all your ammo such a good idea like if it's like oh I'm low on ammo chainsaw this guy in the face I've got ammo again shoot a guy with that ammo I just picked up glory kill all my health is back it really incentivizes like crazy forward momentum gameplay of just blazing through an area and it is so so good um yeah <laughs> and the fact that they have <laughs> embedded in the game retro levels from the previous from the first game that's, and the second game that, that's the arcade what you call it that's the, the arcade Wolfenstein because they did that with Wolfenstein 
Yes. The, 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 the old levels where he went to sleep. <laughs> when he went to sleep, he dreamt the original Wolfenstein. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. But, yep. um, the, the, the two secret levels in Doom 2 were levels from uh, Spirit of Destiny and Castle Wolfenstein. Or mm. Wolfenstein 3D. Uh, and and there, there was Dante, so. Yeah. That's kind of. And, and exactly, and and then there's even Commander Keen uh, has a has a uh, well, I mean you shoot him, but uh, he's in the second secret level in Doom Two, which is like a nice other throwback because Commander Keen's also in that Bloodline. Um, mm. uh, also, I guess to throw back to something Mark mentioned earlier about the Commander Keens, but like oh man, I just everything about this new Doom because like I didn't like Doom Three all that much. Doom 3 was too much monster closets, I felt. I felt it was it was too much of this walking into a room and then all these bits opened and all the things came out and they were normally behind you. And it was kind of like... Uh, and, but it didn't have the speed that you have in this one. That right. was a big thing. Yeah. Speed... I think speeds... Well, I think the new one's basically like, here's an open arena. Fucking have fun. And it's just like, that's the core gameplay, you know? Um, it's basically big open arenas with loads of stuff that come at you. Yep. Whereas the last one was like not quite as slick. It would have been cool if they didn't do the monster closet. Here's a guy behind this wall that's going to come out in like two seconds. Yeah, and, and the first, the the original Doom and Doom Two had a lot of moments where you'd hit a button or open a door and an, or walk through an area, and a, a like a, a secret door would open in a previous part of the level and let monsters back out. Uh, like if you go into the level editors, you can see that stuff, but you always hear it, and it's like it always makes sense. And then in Doom 3, it felt too much like linear corridors, very claustrophobic. But then it's just like, I open this door, oh, a monster just spawns behind me. Great. Um, and it just, I don't know, it wasn't fun. It was it was too, it was trying too hard to be like a survival horror game. Which, I mean, is fine, but it's not Doom. And just this new Doom is everything I wanted and loved about Doom. With so much more, because even like the nods to the original games, the story is surprisingly compelling, uh, which you would never expect from a Doom game. Uh, and man, your protagonist just doesn't give a fuck about the the, the story at all. It's amazing, <laughs> but uh, the collectibles are so enjoyable. There's so much character in your character, the Doom Marine, the Doom Slayer, and uh, the the redesigns for the monsters are just wonderful the way the imps move just oh my god they're so like when they they jump up in the air and they kind of like sidearm the fireballs and like this really just wonderful way like the animation is so good i just yeah I, i'm playing it on the pc i'm playing it on the uh ps4 actually nah, photo uh, mode's really good you should play a bit with the photo mode and the update there was they updated it not long ago and they put in a photo mode where basically you disappear but you can move the camera around the map and play a bit with it and stuff. And I've seen some really uh, pretty, uh, horrific images, um, <laughs> which is really cool. Like the, the zombies at the beginning who've got the holes in the head. God damn, they're scary motherfuckers when you look at them. Mm. Square on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's 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 the evolution as well, isn't it? It's, it's a team that's, I think it's a team that loved the source material. That's oh, yeah. very much clear, I felt, when playing it. And I'm, I know, I know it's not going to be a single player game, but I'm really interested to see how Quake turns out now. Because we fundamentally had Wolfenstein getting the treatment really good, Doom getting the treatment really good, plus there's a new single player DLC coming I heard, um, for Doom soon, and new Quakes on the horizon, and I'm really interested to see how the 
these guys handle that, although it's PC arena based online shooter, but ah, shit happens, you know what I mean? It should be good as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, like, Quake 3 Arena was just, you know, it was just a nah, shooter. Oh, it was and, a benchmark for, yeah, forever, you know what I mean? It was like, that and, like, it's like up there with Counter Strike and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like that Unreal Tournament and stuff, like, original Unreal Tournament, you know what I mean? And all like oh, that. Yeah. They're all, like, kind of benchmarks in the FPS world, so it dictates that the new rebirth of Quake should fundamentally fall away at the same. And looking at these two games, three games, four games, technically, if you count on the DLC, uh, previous, good pedigree, these guys. They seem to be doing a hell of a good thing with the, the new ID engine and stuff, so it's, it's quite exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and Quake Quake as a series is like, like I've enjoyed all four of the original Quakes. Um, even, like, again, even the fourth one that nobody remembers, I still had a good time with it. It's, it's alright. It's about, meh. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just kind of like... Uh, Came with Quake 2 package with it, which was awesome. Oh, it's like man. Long before DLC discs, you actually got a disc with Quake 2 on it. It was like, oh, that's a random... What's that second disc? Oh, wait a minute. It's Quake 2, the actual full game on disc for your 360. Yeah. That's actually handy. Yeah. And, like, I got Quake 4 for, like, I think 10 bucks, like, mm. discount bin, and I was just kind of like, I got nothing to do. It was, like, summer, during grad school, like, what the hell else am I going to do with my time? And I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll knock this out in a couple of days. And it was, you know, it was reasonable enough. I mean, Quake 2, I think, is still the best. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so, the new Doom is astoundingly good. It's it's so good. Um, I don't shit, but just putting it there. Haven't touched the multiplayer. I have no. It's alright. It's serviceable. It's, it's, it's not great. Super shotguns are us. Just run a bit of super. It's it's great if you just hear that. Can't seem in to do any good way. In a overcome. world where in a world where Overwatch exists, it's not great. Yeah. Over who? <laughs> oh come <laughs> on, Torbjorn. We know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but no. So uh, I, I'm actually really curious to check out the snap. What is it? The snap map stuff. Yeah, the snap map map. editor. Well, I yeah, map map editor. Program built in yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to do a lot of uh, like old Doom, like custom Doom levels and stuff back in the day. So like, I could I could see having a good time with that at some point in the future. But I'm in it for the single player because, dear God, is it so good. Um, so the oh, and then the only other games that I left on my list because I had this gigantic laundry list, but I I parsed it down quite a bit to you know take off Overwatch, take off games other people talked about that kind of thing. Is um so I uh, I've also been playing a, a lot of Minecraft again, which I don't want to go into it too in depth, but specifically Feed the Beast, which is like a um a I guess a mod curation service, and there's a, a specific pack of mods called Mage World that adds like it's either four or six like whole magic systems to the game, and it's I've had a lot of fun just exploring that and like doing weird things in Minecraft again. I, I go, I, I have like cycles where I'll play it for, uh, I'll play, you know, 40, 50 hours in like a month and then not touch it for like six months. So it was just happened to be one of the things I picked up while I was away on business. Um, and then two random uh, like mobile games, uh, just because again, I was on business, so they were easy to play. Uh, if you have an Android tablet, I, I don't even think it works on Android phones, but if you have an Android tablet, there's a, a, a game called Androm Androminion, which is just a version of the card game Dominion, which is like one of my favorite card games. Uh, and it's amazing. It's free to download. It has all the, uh, all, all the packs, all the expansions, 
and it's it's like really minimal UI and it's just good for just knocking out a couple of games whenever you're say sitting in a boring lecture during a workshop that you don't really want to be attending uh, for instance you know just off the top of my head um, and it actually has like a really well-programmed AI as well which is kind of interesting because Dominion is a really complex game when you start looking at how many cards there are that could possibly come up and uh, to get over like a 30% win rate is like a pretty good uh, indication of your skill in that which I think is impressive because it's you know I, I don't think it was made by any I mean it certainly wasn't made by like an official source because there is like an official Dominion game online but this is specifically for Android tablets. It would never get on the iOS store, I don't think. Well, I mean, it's called Androminion. What do you think? Um, but it's it's really good. If you if you have an Android tablet, you do like owe it to yourself to check it out, as long as it's still available. Um, and then the last game, I I want to talk about this game because it's so weird. But I don't know, like, who's your audience for this podcast? Because Mexicans. I mean, <laughs> just, just kids, just, just, just children. It's, it's Mexicans, just... Japanese. Oh, Mexicans like, we, hate, we hate pachinkos, so like we lost a lot of the Asian market like, a few weeks ago. Mark and an outburst. So. Okay, well, you you, you let was... you let Colin here on, so it, might, it can't Fuck be too. Off. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I told you we, we meant to change the locks after I get back in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, Part of my job is researching serious games, uh, games that are used for some kind of educational purpose, and and I design have, said games. So have you tried is, the drone one? On that note, I hear, uh, this is really cool. It's a Scottish team, just you speaking about stuff like that. There's a Scottish game about uh, drones now, drones in war, and what it's about is about the fact that when you go on a drone strike, you actually kill civilians, and it's about the the the, the, the moral decision. While piloting the drone, apparently it's real. Everybody's raving about it. I hear um, in the kind of culture circle, it sounds just that's a total tangent. Fucking t bones you there, sorry. No, no, no. But, it's, um, it's it's good. It's, I'll have to I'll have to look it up. It's it's really really good. The guys, I was meant to meet the guys, and they get called up to go E three to showcase it uh, this year. Um, and I've heard it's it's going doing really well, and I will find out the name of it for you at some point. Yeah. guys were talking to me about it this weekend as well and they're saying it's like total like it's no it's like you think oh it's just a drone simulator where you, you bomb places and like no no it's about killing women and children and having to deal with the, the pressure eh? having oh, killing man. innocents and stuff man it's, it's I'll get on the google I'll find out what it is now. yeah let me know because I so I also used to work for the VA uh, the, the Veteran Affairs Hospital and mm-hmm. um for like PTSD scenarios and stuff like that, that might be really useful for me to forward along to some of my old contacts. Uh, but yeah, that, that would be great. Uh, but this serious game is called Le Petit Mort. It was actually pulled from the iOS store, but it's still available on the Android store. And it is a uh, very simple, touch-based, sort of rhythm-based uh, game that is teaching you how to pleasure a woman uh, more appropriately. It is... It is very, <laughs> sometimes literally handy. Uh, it is it, it is weird and it is fascinating and I would not play it in public without headphones. Um, but it's it's a pretty cool little game. It, it's one of my favorite examples of like, here's a strange serious game. And they're like, is that a serious game? I'm like, well, sure. It's teaching you how to do a skill that could come in handy, uh, literally. And um, yeah, it's... It's very strange. If you have any interest in, like, 
like a really odd game. I, I highly recommend it. It's free again. Uh, I had read an article about it and was like, I have to find this game. <laughs> um, but it's it's a weird one, but it's 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 pretty cool that somebody actually sat down and made it. Um, and I've, I've been showing it to a lot of my coworkers, which shows you the kind of job that I have. <laughs> and that's really all that I want to talk about. The uh... Okay, so uh, games we've been playing over the last couple of weeks. Uh, first of all, uh, because uh, Andy Piddy won't shut up about it, I jumped back onto Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor on PS4. Um, that's, not, that's not completely fair. I've been meaning to get back to it for a while because, as I've mentioned multiple times on the podcast before I was a massive Tolkien geek when I was growing up and I bought this game when it came out and then got distracted by other shiny things and didn't get back to playing it until fairly recently um, I don't know whether I would go along with his assertion that it is game of the generation uh, it has some jank um, I'll go to, I'll do go through the good things first so the Nemesis system, we've talked about at length, the Nemesis system is incredible. Um, the whole uh, attacking war chiefs and um, and taking them out and playing war chiefs off against each other to, for your own uh, nefarious purposes and the whole thing that if you get killed by any orc in the game then they'll get promoted and they will remember you and also if you kill a war chief but don't chop their head off they might come back in the future with horrific injuries and they'll remember you and they'll be seeking vengeance against you um, that whole thing is really cool and then when you get to the second half of the game and you unlock the ability to I can't think of a better way of putting this uh, mind rape them um, to make them basically your own sort of slave <laughs> Vul Vulcan mind meld is also an acceptable term, but you know, just keep the no, Star no, Wars I'll going. I'll stick. I'll stick with mind rape. I'm sure Spock um, mind raped a few folk <laughs> in Star Trek. So yeah, you um, you basically you can control any of the war chiefs and the, the captains, and they're basically they will work for you. And I've gotten to that point in the game where I'm I'm trying to fill the grid and the first half of the game, the first open world map, with captains and war chiefs that are owned by me before I move on um, yeah the nemesis system is great uh, other things it does well is uh, the storytelling is really really good like the, the voice acting I, I completely forgot that it's Troy Baker again because um, <laughs> he's in every game uh, doing the voice of Talion he's really good um, whoever does the voice acting for Celebrimbor is very good as well Talion's story is kind of not really that bothered about it to be honest it tries to make you feel invested in Talion's story um, but I don't really care too much about that because that's sort of like something that's been added on. But Celebrimbor's stuff is based on the uh, appendices from Lord of the Rings and it's based on bits of, of Middle-earth Middle lore and Tol Tolkien lore that I am interested in and it's handled so far, because I haven't finished it yet, but it's handling Celebrimbor's story really well and I'm really, really enjoying that. Um, it does things that... Assassin's Creed does better than Assassin's Creed. Um, the uh, the assassinations, the way that you can, uh, the, the, the combat system, uh, the way that you can exploit captains and war chiefs' fears and things like that. Um, all these sort of mechanics that either Assassin's Creed hasn't even bothered to try, or this game came along and did better than, than them, even better than Assassin's Creed games that came out after Shadow of Mordor. It does better. Um, 
it does have a few problems. Uh, it suffers from the uh, the same locomotion issues that the Assassin's Creed games have always had. Um, what is commonly referred to as stupid feet. Uh, when you're running around with Talion and you're running past an obstacle, you've got a 50-50 chance that he'll run past it or try and climb up it um, when you don't want him to. Um, and there's a few other there's a few other little like slight technical issues and things like that that are kind of hold it back from from being a perfect game. But overall, it's it's an incredible game. The Nemesis system is is something that is revolutionary, and I can't believe that not that not only has no one else tried to copy it, but Warner Brothers haven't put it in any of their other IP at all. Well, like, Ego would um, be amazing. With- well, uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, well, I was thinking more in line with like it would have been the perfect system to stick in um, the Mad Max game, mm. uh, and it would have raised Mad Max from being a very average game to being a pretty good game. Would have been quite good in um, Metal Gear as well, but we all know who to blame for that. Because <laughs> it's a big wide open world. Do you know what I mean? Cool concept, though. Yeah, yeah. But even if you just stick with the Warner Bros. properties, also would have been fantastic if they'd stuck that in a Batman Arkham game as well. But you know, there you go. Hopefully, it'll be at some point. Like, there's been rumours for ages that uh, Shadow of Mordor Two is coming. The, it was. It's meant to be shown at E3, be, wasn't it? Exactly. It was supposed to be shown at E3, and then nothing happened. So we'll, we'll, you know, hopefully there'll be news of that in the future. But yeah, Shadow of Mordor is really, really good. I'm gonna plow through that and get that finally finished to take that off my pile of shame. Yeah. Um, if I could just jump in real quick, because I, I, I have sure. played that game in the past. I haven't played it recently, but man, I just want to say mirror everything that you said. I love the way that those systems are constructed, and it allows for so much, so many like emergent moments. Uh, in the gameplay where like you'll have two factions of the orcs or two like war chiefs fighting it out when like they're cronies and stuff and then you can jump in the middle and like kind of or or, or even work on the periphery and kind of like sway the fight to one side so one yeah. war chief kills the other and then you go in to finish off the winner like there's so many organic gameplay moments it's just brilliant it, it's yeah yeah and uh, Keller Brimbor is an amazing character as well. Like I love that the, the when you get the ability to be able to use Keller Brimbor's power to to like uh, read these orcs' minds or or influence them and, and turn them into your own. When he's when like you corner an orc on it on its own, and he like grabs it and puts his hand on it and just shouts at it like forfeit your mind or something like that. But you get like this for a brief second when you're picking your option you've just got this close-up of the orc's face with this complete look of terror in its eyes and like there's lots of little touches in it that are that are brilliant yeah um very very good game yeah yeah absolutely uh next up i decided to after a, a, a long break i decided to jump back into gta online because uh, some friends on twitter were talking about getting back into it um my friend uh, Jay uh, Jay Taylor over at uh, Kane and Rince, because uh, they're going to be recording uh, an episode on it, I think in September. Uh, so he's been trying to encourage people to get back on it. So I jumped back on uh, GTA Online. They've added a whole bunch of stuff since I last played it. There's this um, further adventures in crime or something like that where you can become a CEO and run your own company. I don't have enough money to get involved in that yet. Um, but there's like lots of new things to do out in the open world, there's new vehicles and things like that, and they've added this new element of the stunt races, which is basically Rockstar looked at Trackmania Turbo and said, hey, we can do that, um, and they've actually done it. Uh, so the stunt races are 
a collection of ridiculous races with huge jumps and loop the loops and pipes and uh, water traps and things like that. Um, most of the tracks suspended hundreds of feet in the air, like there's one that takes place in and around the peak of Mount Chiliad. Um, it takes just adds a new sort of, you know, a, a new twist on the racing in GTA 5, which is the racing is really really good. GTA has never had the 3D GTAs have never really had a really solid driving like uh, system. Like the, the driving's always been a little bit silly, right up until like GTA 4, where the games, uh, the cars either felt really too slippy or they felt like they were stuck in treacle. Um, you couldn't, you couldn't really conceivably race in them. But in GTA 5, the racing feels great, um, and the, the stunt races are ridiculous fun. And it's just, it's yet another free update to a game uh, that's now. I mean, GTA Online is now what two years old? I think so. I think yeah, so. well, G yeah. Well, GTA it, it, Five came out in 2013, and then GTA Online didn't come out for about six months. Yeah, that. something like that. Yeah. So it's and been then it jumped two years. It jumped gens um, as well. So yeah, and they just keep on pumping out free content for it, and. Um, it's all really top-notch stuff. Uh, it's it's the economy in the game is still sort of leaning towards the. It's really hard to earn money quickly, so they're trying to push you towards buying their overpriced credit cards, which I refuse to do. So I'm trying to grind out the money, the old-fashioned way. But um, it's still just a ridiculously fun game if you've got a bunch of people together. You don't even have to take part in any of the events. Uh, me and my friend Pete were on it the other night. Um, and we 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 had fun for ages, just chasing each other around on the map, trying <laughs> trying to um, shoot each other, or getting a uh, waiting till one of the trains turned up, climbing on top of the train, and having a fist fight on top of a moving train. Just random shit that you can do in that open world. That's ridiculously fun. Um, See, so yeah, I'll be playing a, a bunch more of that. I've got some footage of the um, stunt races, which I need to upload to the YouTube channel at some point over the next week. Pokemon Go. I've been getting more and more into that um, since we did uh, our, our episode on our, our little episode on it. I think when we recorded that, I'd only just reached level five and hadn't really played much of it. But since then, uh, my girlfriend's kind of convinced me to play it more. So the other weekend, we went down to Wicksteed Park in Kettering, which is like the local open park slash crappy little theme park with the world's most underwhelming roller coaster. Um, and just wandered around and caught some Pokemon and uh, got on one, uh, rented one of the rowing boats and went out for a row on the lake and caught some more Pokemon. And I'm actually really getting into it. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, it's got me out and about and walking around a hell of a lot more than than I was before. <laughs> so their their stated like you know um, uh, objective, I guess, to to get people actually out of the house and walking around it's actually working for me um i've got up to rank 11 now i've got no rank 12 hit rank 12 today sorry i've got nearly 50 pokemon um i'm still not at a point where i can control any of the gyms near me because there are people who've been playing it non-stop since the game came out and are in the mid-20s in the levels and there's one guy in my town who I don't think actually has a job because he just there's four gyms in like a half mile radius near me and he just goes round them um, and takes them over and then half an hour later someone else will take them and then he'll just go back around and take them back again 
He just walks around town, cap recapturing the gyms um, over and over again, uh, which seems a little bit odd, but there you go. But yeah, Pokemon Go. I'm actually enjoying it, which I didn't think I'd end up saying. Uh, have I, any of you guys really been playing it much? Yeah, I'm up to rank just over 12 now as well. Ah, nice. Um, yeah, just as you say, it's just one of those things that gets you out of the house or, you know, um, today at lunchtime I was thinking, yeah, I've been sat here for ages and I should just get out. So, yeah, a 20 minute walk around the building or around the sort of grounds of the building and what have you. Um, yeah. Just catching Pokemon on my way. No, it's, it's a distraction. It's not necessarily a game but that's all it needs to be yeah I mean that's like well like we said when we did the, the exosode on it at the core Pokemon Go is a really crap game uh, you you just walk around until you find a Pokemon throw some balls at it and then eventually you'll go to a gym and tap on the screen repeated until you've knocked out the other Pokemon and then, ca- then you can hold the gym that's it it's a really really stupid simple game but like the the whole experience of like going out and finding new Pokemon and uh, walking to the nearest Pokestop that somebody's dropped a, a lure on and finding like 20 or 30 people all camped out sat there chatting and playing Pokemon and catching um, catching Pokemon and comparing what they've caught and top bants between all the different gym members yeah, um, I can hear, hear that word just... <laughs> um, it's horrible yeah, it's... horrible word <laughs> it's just it's an experience it's it's fun um, yeah, I've been playing it too. Uh, I, I have the benefit that two blocks away from me, there are four Poke Stops that routinely every night all of them get lures and they all overlap with each other. So I go over there and there's like 50 people just hanging out. And it's really that <laughs> social element that makes it kind of amazing. Just uh, talk about Kono Marines. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I, well, that's how I open up every conversation is I say, so what did you think of Colonial Marines? And everyone, except for one person, uh, said, you know what? That game was dog shit. <laughs> and, uh, and then no, there was this one, one guy. Amy, so there was this one guy. Was. I met him like an hour ago. My God. <laughs> no. You're lucky there's a big ocean between us, mate. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Why? Because then you'd have to take a bath. <laughs> oh, 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 that's I'm pissing on that four by four block before I sold it. <laughs> oh, oh, we have fun. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> oh, <laughs> I need a bigger knife. <laughs> no, it's it is it's a good social game, uh, and it's I've seen lots of people out and about playing it. The sort of people that I don't like to judge people by. By, you know, judge someone by their cover, but the, the, you see the sort of people walking around playing Pokemon Go and you look at them and say, you don't look like a traditional sort of gamer or the mm. sort of person that really cares about What age games, group but are they, but that's the, that's the thing, is the age group. It's it's quite a wide age group, you'd be surprised. Because I see a lot like, of guys seen... about the kind of 18 to 30, 35, say, that's the kind of guys that I see doing it. I've yet to see any grannies doing it. You know what I mean? That's the <laughs> well, I, I've seen people in their who, who are clearly in in their forties out with their kids playing. Well, Pokemon that's a Go. catch twenty-two. Not, not just take, not just like out, like you know, walking their kids. Ah, that's a catch twenty-two. But well, they've got their phones out as well and playing. And, and you know, like uh, there's I, I mentioned on um, the the extra episode. There's a uh, one of the, the the ladies who works in the the IT department of my work who's in her fifties. She's downloaded it and started playing it. She's never played a game before in her life. Mm. 
and, uh, candy so crush if you candy crush addict you know what I mean just keep it, yeah, keep it on the low down keep so it on the low down it's, it's funny I actually looked up the statistics for uh, who plays Pokemon Go because uh, one of the people in one of the workshops I had to be at made an offhand comment uh, comparing heroin addiction to Pokemon Go and I'm like actually sir you are very wrong <laughs> but um, so it's actually objection six- yeah, objection. It's actually 63% female to 37% male, which is, like, unheard of. Um, and it's uh, 22% between the ages of 13 and 17, uh, 46% between 18 and 29, 25% between 30 and 50, and 6% 50 and up, which is, again, like, that skews older than most people would expect for yeah. any Pokemon game, let alone one that actually involves going out and getting in out of the house. Then they also did it by income, which isn't really relevant. It's mostly like uh, people who make less than $50,000, but that's also like most of the people just mm-hmm. in general. So I, like, I feel like that's a little biased, but I don't know. I, I happen to have that infographic like available and mm. I figured you might be interested. <laughs> it's also got more people playing it than it's got a, a bigger install base than Twitter. Uh, I think it's also got bigger install base than Instagram, and I'm pretty sure Facebook as well, which is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, Twitter was the um, it was always the most used, like the most uptime app for. Uh, I forget mm. if it was daily or weekly. I think it's daily. They they check those stats, and for a day, it was like two days after it came out, Pokemon Go upended it, and it became the most used app. Period. It actually like mm. overcame Twitter's numbers. Um, yeah, and uh, and in the first week, it made Niantic Labs fourteen million dollars. Yeah, which is just crazy. <laughs> yep, and now they've broken it. But yeah, we'll, we'll come <laughs> on to that in a bit. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a genuine cultural phenomenon, and you know, I'm 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 happy to be part of it. Uh, right, and my my final game uh, that I've been playing over the last couple of weeks is uh, I've played a little bit more of Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE, uh, which is a ridiculous title, um, which is the uh, new JRPG on the Wii U I mentioned uh, a few episodes ago. It's sort of like a crossover between Shin Megami Tensei and the Fire Emblem games, um, although it it's basically a Persona game in all but title. Um, the crossover with Fire Emblem is kind of limited to the um, the equivalent of Persona in this game are characters from the Fire Emblem series and when a character levels up it plays the same tune that, that you get when a character levels up in a Fire Emblem game so you kind of like, if you've never played Fire Emblem like me um, and haven't really played any of the mainline Shin Megami Tensei games, again like me it doesn't really matter if you've played Persona and want something that's a bit like that until Persona 5 comes out in uh, February of next year, uh, then it's a good stopgap game. I'm really, really enjoying it. It's got a similar sort of system of like um, you spend some time in a dungeon um, fighting random enemies until you get to, a, uh, you know, solving some puzzles until you get to a boss. Uh, and then outside of the those areas, you're kind of building up your relationship with the, with the other uh, characters or, or cast members, as it calls in this, because like the the, 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 the plots all around um, around the entertainment business, so singers and actors and the, the um, this malevolent force that's trying to steal their talent. It, the, the premise is ridiculous, but in this world, it kind of works. Um, it throws in a few little uh, interesting mechanics that I haven't seen in uh, a turn-based um, RPG before. 
uh, there's a mechanic called sessions so the characters will learn uh, these things called sessions which are basically like combo attacks so you uh, say you have a, uh, an, uh, a character who has um, knows like a, a fire attack or something like that um, and they and the other characters have got a session which means that if that character uses a fire attack on an enemy that's weak to fire then they will follow up with a combo move uh, and then if their combo move is linked to somebody else's session then the third player will come in with a combo move so like you get extra attacks on enemies for free um, which is really really cool mechanic um, the game is gorgeous to look at uh, there's no English voice acting it's all in Japanese but the, 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 the voice acting is really really strong uh, and I'm really enjoying the storyline it's it's bright it's colorful it's full of J-pop so if you've played uh, any of the Persona games then that'll be very familiar to you it's just a you know it's a good solid JRPG to fill in that gap between uh, now and when uh, Persona 5 comes out on Valentine's Day next year I think Tim um, is for on yeah, yeah. Uh, I know which one I'll be getting. For Honor. Um, Good times. No, no, I'll be getting Persona 5. <laughs> you say that. No, I've talked about it before because uh, Persona 4 is, in my opinion, the, the, the greatest JRPG ever made. Um, and so I'm really, really looking forward to uh, Persona 5. And this is sort of scratching that itch uh, between now and then. Um, if you've got a Wii U and you, there's, you're looking for something to play, which is, to be fair, most of the time there's not a lot of games coming out for it then uh, uh, I'd say pick it up uh, if you do want to get it I'd say pick it up reasonably soon because it's the sort of game that will probably there's not a, there's not a huge number of copies available and when they're gone it will probably be very difficult to get hold of but uh, yeah I'm really really enjoying that game but uh, yeah that's what I've been playing this week Right, our lunch hour game of the week this week is There Is No Game, uh, which is available on the Android platform. It was developed by Kamizoto and it was the winner of the Deception Jam 2015. The quick blurb from the uh, Google Play Store is There is no game. There is nothing to do. Do not tap anywhere, really. Do not tap anywhere. Do not laugh as there is nothing to laugh about. Do not touch your mobile screen. It's at your own risk. There is no game. And do not follow me on Twitter, at Kamizoto. Basically, if you are intrigued or interested or have played uh, The Stanley Parable, uh, Dr. Langeskov and The Beginner's Guide, etc., this is the perfect game for you to play on Android. Um, it will not go into any spoilers or anything. It's free on Android. Go and download it and uh, it'll take about five, uh, well, about ten minutes of your time. And it is totally worth those ten minutes. So, go and enjoy. Okay, so moving on to the news for this week, uh, Stuart's got our first story. Our first story tonight is Hearthstone's new One Night in Kara's Khan adventure has a groovy-ass vibe. We've been pining for a real Hearthstone adventure, not just a card expansion, for months now, and uh, now we're going to get one. Blizzard has announced Hearthstone One Night in Kara's Khan, uh, another add-on that will see players um, enter mid mid Dave's tower for a sexy party, only to find that the host is missing. 
For those who didn't raid in World of Warcraft, Kara's Khan was one of the most popular dungeons in the game, uh, so we're excited and expecting a lot of nostalgic callbacks to some classic encounters like Shade of Iran. It will release its inaugural episode on August 11th, uh, with another win coming each week thereafter. The entire affair will run for about $20 or in around sort of, uh, I think it's about £15 uh, or so, or 700 gold for each win for those people who are cashing in their gold or even hoarding it. Even if you have zero interest in card games or Warcraft in general, the trailer itself is worth watching. And we'll include a, <laughs> the actual link to the notes in the uh, in the, the video in the podcast notes. Yeah, no, um, the, a new expansion or well, uh, sort of standalone wing as such for Hearthstone is always a good thing. They have done really good job on any of the previous ones, um, the Curse of Naxxramas and the Black Rock Mountain, etc. And there's always a nice sort of extra bonus cards and things that you get from those, um, as well as actually being in, uh, an actual one-player um, challenge where you're actually playing against the computer AI bots. Um, for each of the wings and things, so no, it's uh, it's nice to see that they're still in supporting the game in that way, um, as well as obviously releasing the expansions, which people um, then just pay for the card packs and things for. Yeah, Blizzard are very good with their post-game uh, support, though their post-release support. Even going back to Diablo yeah. two, <laughs> yeah, still doing <laughs> Diablo two. And, yeah. and the fact that it's Karazhan specifically is really nice, because uh, I mean, as as an old WoW Raider uh, back in the day, uh, Karazhan was always a lot of fun. That was that was where I liked going the most. So. So our next story uh, comes from Destructoid, and that is that Disney's is shutting down the Disney Infinity service. Um, they're shutting down in a sort of staggered manner. So in the wake of Disney ceasing video game development on uh, Disney Infinity, uh, they're going to be winding down the existing services. Uh, the biggest of those is Disney Infinity support. And by March of next year, Disney will have completely washed its hands of, of, of the game. Uh, in an email to Infinity players, and as seen on NeoGAF, Disney has outlined the multi-step process to eventually shutting down the game servers. Across four future dates, Disney is making Infinity less and less functional until all all online features are gone. In the case of mobile, Apple TV, and Windows 8 and uh, Windows 10 PC versions, the game will no longer be playable at all. Uh, on consoles, you'll still be able to function in an offline capacity, but there won't be any more online services or community-created content. Well then, I guess I'll read the next one here about uh, Telltale backtracking on Batman's crowd play. Uh, now it's a 12 player cap, local only. So apparently the uh, upcoming Batman Telltale series originally boasted 2000 multiplayer uh, contiguous players where you would all vote on Batman's actions and the, the winning vote would uh, precede the storyline. And now they're backtracking on that quite a bit, taking away apparently the multiplayer or the online multiplayer aspect of it and making it uh, four to 12 players as crowd play instead of 2000. I mean, that's really the gist of this whole article. So as somebody who's never played a Telltale game and hasn't liked any of the Batman games, I have no opinion on this, so. Basically, I think this is Telltale saying that we tried to do this, and then the, the janky uh, engine wouldn't it was. Yeah, I was going to say the engine probably just caught <laughs> fire. Yeah, 
Because <laughs> it is, as, as we've mentioned multiple times, the Telltale engine is incredibly creaky and full of bugs. And yeah, I, I just probably just couldn't cope with 2,000 people making a decision um, at the same time. So I, I've got no opinion on this at all, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess in a sense, it's like an odd design decision to begin with, because the idea of going in and there just being like 2,000 random players online kind of playing the game for you just seems like a very odd decision. Uh, at least... It's like um, it's like Twitch plays Pokemon. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's like something to watch and to like write master's theses about the psychology around the players, not necessarily something to enjoy. Mm. Uh, but I like the idea of it being like 4 to 12, although 4 is still like kind of a high number in my opinion, but having people like locally to play through the game together. But at the same time, like you could have played any of the Telltale games that same way and just had people like, talk about what decision to make and then choose what decision most people went with. I, I don't know why they're actually designing like a function like that into there. So it seems like a strange thing to me. Yeah, and as I was alluding to earlier, uh, karma has come round. Um, after the ill-fated, horrific, murderous worst game ever invented, uh, Ghostbusters uh, game Fireforge, the team behind it, have now filed for bankruptcy. Um, as reported on MCV, which stole the piece for Kotaku, um, it's basically they're, they're in millions of debt. Uh, 12 million debt is apparently needing paid off and rather than pay it they're filing for bankruptcy the, the studio had another two games in development uh, one was a MOBA title codenamed Atlas um, which could have been a big robot titan style thing but um, it was partnered up by a uh, owned partly by a Chinese company who I think owned 33% of the overall uh, Fireforge team concept um, no numbers on how many people actually worked in the studio but then over at Eurogamer it came out that they only worked on the Ghostbusters game for 8 months which um, answers a lot of questions that were needing answered I suppose um, what's the outcome of this were they holding out hope that Ghostbusters would fuel with fires till the mobile was ready I don't know but it's it's traditional and then that you have one game that bombs you shut your shop and you move on I suppose and um, I think this is just another example of the, the, how the industry works now especially when you fly under Activision's flag you know they don't have any mercy for anybody Okay, so we've got a uh, small collection of nonsense Pokemon Go stories. Uh, first of all, a Pokemon Go player in the UK claims to have caught all the UK characters. Uh, a man claimed to have become the first to catch all characters available uh, in Pokemon Go in the UK, uh, because apparently there are some that are only available in uh, other continents. Farfetch'd, um, quite a rare one here. <laughs> yeah, um, boom boom. Um <laughs> Sam Clark uh, is the guy who's, who's claims he posted an online video showing that he caught uh, 143 virtual characters while playing the game around Southport, uh, Southampton and Gosport. Uh, there's a 33-year-old who says he spent pretty much every waking hour on the app since it was launched on the 6th of July. I'm presuming that was in between going down the job centre and signing on. Hey, um, that's a gem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, Mr. Clark said he had lost more than two stone in weight during the process and claimed his final catch was a Lapras found 
around round the back of Primark. That's not the only thing you caught round the back of Primark. <laughs> yeah. Um, for our non-UK-based listeners, Primark is a sort of very, very budget clothing store. Um, That's not that. It's, 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 it's a high street store. It's no, like, cheap it's pretty. It's, it's pretty well, cheap. Well, I mean, some of us don't live in private estates, so, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I, don't, I don't shop I there. Mean, I shop online at American stores, but, you know, that's... Defending every British man, defending them. It's it's what it's one notch above TK Maxx. Yeah, TK Maxx is just a store with stuff in it. There's no order, there's no rhyme or reason. They just pile clothes up in, yeah. in the corner, and you have to root through them. Do you like that shop? In- well, there's not another one. What do you mean? Well, there's only one in that jacket. But what do you mean? Yeah. I would just have one. And it's the all, whole company. And it's either in extra, extra small or extra, extra large. Yeah. Yeah. We found them in a charity shop and put them on the shelf. <laughs> it's a sign. It's one above Pound Store. There you go. It's above Pound Store, yeah. but below TK Maxx. But uh, yeah, and Primark's only about one notch above that. But yeah, anyway. Um, Russia have claimed that they fear Pokemon Go is a CIA psyop to destabilise the country um, in. The usual sort of paranoid news uh, from uh, the Kremlin. Uh, playing Pokemon Go in Russia could land you in jail, apparently. The country's not taking well to Niantic and Nintendo's uh, global hit. Uh, the Moscow City Hall is even trying to substitute Pokemon Go fever with its own knockoff app about catching historical figures around Moscow. Um, <laughs> communism Go. Um, <laughs> yeah, been, you, I guess they've been putting it a bit, so. You know, yeah. You have to go around the back of the Kremlin. And, <laughs> I think you said on the back and, of the Kremlin free work. We're about to ba- go around the back of uh, Moscow Primark and catch <laughs> Lenin. Um, you have um, to find Lenin back there, or it's going to be Trotsky. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, yeah, apparently, this game you can only play in Moscow, so any part of Russia it'll work in. Uh, you can't have Ivan the Terrible and Peter the Great duke it out in virtual pitched battle. Uh, our next story is that uh, PokeVision and other Pokemon Go trackers have been shut down. Uh, last week, Niantic's John Hanke warned Pokemon Go players that popular tracking websites no longer no longer work in the future. Um, uh, that seems that moment has now arrived. In a, in a recent patch, um, they've removed the footprints thing that was in Pokemon Go, which has been broken since the game came out anyway. Um, the footprint system was supposed to tell you it's like a hot cold system that would let you know when you're getting closer to um, closer or further away from a particular Pokemon that was nearby uh, but it didn't work and so people were resorting to third party apps and websites to try and track Pokemon nearby where the game should have been telling you you were getting close to and rather than fix the problem with the tracking system they've just removed the footprints completely and started shutting down these third party apps and websites which is a bit of a dick move um, which leads us on to our next story uh, which is that Pokemon Go players are requesting refunds over the lack of tracking a uh, story coming from Kotaku uh, with the broken in-game tracking uh, patched out and third-party services getting shut down Pokemon Go players are now requesting refunds for in-app purchases and in many cases they're getting them not from Niantic this uh, point was made they're getting them directly from um, from Google Play and from the uh, Apple uh, App Store, the iOS App Store. Uh, so a Reddit thread uh, steadily fiddling up with stories of players who've been requesting refunds or in-app purchases through Google Play or iTunes, uh, citing that Pokemon Go's latest update broke the functionality they'd made the purchases to take advantage of. 
Uh, when the game's tracking was working, nearby Pokemon would be listed on screen, along with a series of steps vaguely denoting how far away they were from the player. Uh, players can then select a Pokemon, tap the compass and follow directions to hopefully capture the, the creature after, although that system was broken from pretty much... I think the, the system was broken before the game was in the out UK, in the UK. Yeah, it worked in the US from yeah. uh, launch until it launched in the UK, so I can only assume that you guys broke it. Damn British Yeah, fault. I mean, it's... This, yeah. you know, getting back at us for that whole Revolutionary War thing. I mean, this is pretty low. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's, it's just another. Uh. It's because it's just because of Brexit. Uh, oh, yeah. well, that that makes sense. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump built a golf course in Aberdeen. Yeah. That's the payback. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, right. So we still got our ongoing game giveaway on the go. Uh, we've got uh, 40 plus games in total to give away on Steam. And all you need to do is go to the Google Doc link that will be in the show notes on uh, the Podbean or on our website. And put your Twitter handle or your email address beside any of the games you want. Uh, within reason, we want to be fair to all of our listeners, so don't be too greedy. Uh, it's on a first come first serve basis and we'll send out the links about once a week via Twitter, DM or email. Uh, and as always, we want to keep this as running throughout the year, add more codes when we get them. If any of you have got any duplicate codes you want to donate, then we'll, we'll happily pass them on to other listeners. So if you want to rehome them, uh, we'll also give you a, a, appropriate shout-outs, obviously. So just uh, send us an email or DM us uh, at LapsGamer on the Twitters uh, with the code and we'll get that added to the list. Uh, quick reminder, our next playlist game, for some unknown reason, is the Sonic the Hedgehog trilogy, which is fucking awful. Um, <laughs> heathens! Heathens! I, yeah, I, if you fancy putting yourself through playing Just through because the Sonic he doesn't wear dungarees and have a moustache, it don't mean a bad person. <laughs> No, it's it's nothing to do with Sonic the Hedgehog's dress sense. He's just, he's just happens to be in a bad game. It's not his fault. Uh, oh, that's um, I was gonna say as well. The name stayed through the Sonic game. Anyway, yeah, that's what yeah, I saw that. Could we get yeah, any less excited? Yeah. But yeah, if you fancy putting you through those, uh, put yourself through playing those games, or if you're one of those deluded people who insist they were actually good games, uh, then let us know your thoughts in time for our episode recording. Uh, I will obviously be sitting that one out and playing literally anything else. Colonial Marines is good, I hear. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I might actually play Colonial Marines. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a really good way to just, you know, experience <laughs> sadness in its most pure form. Actually, I might do it. If I play through Colonial Marines, I might have a newfound appreciation for the Sonic games. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing was, I thought okay. we were actually going to do a show on this, because I know, like, five of the guys bought it, so I thought we would have a Colonial Marines show on yeah, but, like they they all bought it and then hated it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I will put my Sonic hatred aside and look forward to listening to that episode. But uh, yeah, I won't be taking part myself. Um, next week, uh, so a couple of days after this episode drops, um, possibly less. A big depending time on, scale there. <laughs> depending oh, on how long it takes to edit. <laughs> a day in still, the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, next week we're going to be covering the first five issues of the Fables comics to follow up with, from the Wolf Among Us episode that will be released imminently. Uh, if you've read the Fables comics and would like to let us know your thoughts, then please do let us know via the usual means. A quick shout out to Nick Jones at Lanitz360 on Twitter, who has marathoned all of our episodes. 
and become a very dedicated listener. He's always getting in contact with us on Twitter. Um, we'll have to get him on an episode at some point in the not too distant future. Possibly the Fables one, yeah. He's a big fan as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, he's oh, oh, also a gent who gave me a beta code for NHL 2016 beta. So I thank you very much for that good song. Tips is kind of. Yeah, I also played Overwatch with him, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we had a good time. Yeah. Me and Lauren, a bunch, of, me and a bunch of Yanks. Me, me, two, two Scotsmen and a bunch of Yanks at 2 o'clock in the morning. It were fun. Brought back God days. It was really good, actually. Good team play. <laughs> Torborn was brought out. Yeah, Lauren, you got any shout outs? Oh, nothing in particular. Just thanks for having me on. Uh, I, you know, I always like to be on podcasts I don't have to edit it's always a nice uh, that's what I keep nice telling change. them that's what I keep telling them you always get guests because all the guests don't need to edit it it's the easiest solution yeah, <laughs> yeah it's always it's always a, a you know an easy kind of job you just get to go on talk shit about one of the other hosts it's great my mind is more than a word you <laughs> uh, uh, I will have uh, vengeance. Yeah. Justice will reign from above. From, oh, from fuck, above, it's Overwatch from again. We're all soldiers now. Oh fuck. <laughs> uh, and I guess by extension, thanking Stuart once again for being on my podcast for three episodes while Laura was uh, was straight up <laughs> or. Uh, was in for surgery and, and, and yeah, that was bad times mm-hmm. for her. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. And really just, you know, we also do the uh, the Steam code communism like you guys do. So uh, I, we, we have fewer codes anymore, but, you know, check out, you can always check out your Steam if you don't like any of those codes. We've got at least four <laughs> still to give away. And they're all colonial marines. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and we'll pay you to play this game. <laughs> but no, that's a, that's about it. Well, it's been great to have you on. We'd like to have you on again at some point in the future, for sure. Oh, hey, absolutely. Make sure that I'm on that Colonial Marine special. Damn right. We'll have a good time. Damn right. I'll bring some wieners and we'll have a barbecue, motherfucker. <laughs> I, have a feeling, I have a feeling that might literally just be you two. <laughs> hey, that's it. We, hey, could... we structure the waste and fight like men. It's going to be two hours of fun. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. I don't know if we we could go through the game beat by beat, and, and I can explain to you in graphic detail how you're wrong. I tell you what, right? Every I'll step take a plasma to your four by four you box, just... and we'll sit in it and we'll play it there. <laughs> That's the. You could just game. spend those. You could just spend those two hours analyzing Stuart, and then give us a, like a detailed psychological just breakdown. Listen, just listen back to the past oh. shows, and you'll analyze me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm already cross-referencing it with the psychopath test. <laughs> yeah. Got a this is the new. This, this is the new psychopath test. Actually, to be fair, I have played through that game enough times. I could probably play through it again for a good laugh. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just one of those things where you know, after after so long, the pain just becomes laughter. I feel like this could be like a, a villain origin story in the making. So as usual, if you want to get in contact with us, send us any questions or any suggestions for new segments. So if you want to give us any feedback on what we're doing that you like or don't like, or if you just want to give us your, your random thoughts, uh, then you can email us. Uh, that's lapsgamerradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, read our blog at lapsgamer.com. 
Uh, you can visit our Twitter feed at LapsGamer and you can visit our uh, LapsGamer Radio Facebook page and give that a little like and add yourself to the LGR community and Facebook group. Uh, you can find all of our podcast episodes to stream or MP3 download at our Podbean web address, which is lapsgamerradio.podbean.com. Uh, also, please be so kind to subscribe and review the Laps Gamer Radio feed on iTunes. And you can check out the Laps Gamer YouTube channel for additional content. Uh, remember, do let us know if you'd like to be on a future episode with us. And I guess all that's left to be said is thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. Catch you. Thanks for having me on. Bye. <laughs> Mark's rubbish at pulling me apart for these fights, isn't he? <laughs> he just stands back and lets just... it happen. He's fell asleep. Yeah, I, need to, I need to put a leash on you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought a muzzle would have been mere adapt, but okay. Yeah. <laughs>